Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fenn. I am joined by Brad Hardcastle. Hello, everyone. Hopefully, you can't hear my dog barking in the background because he decided to start barking right when we started recording. But <laughs> I couldn't hear him, so I'm sure okay. I'm sure they're fine. Um, yeah. So this this is probably one of the best weeks of AEW ever. Yeah, it's a lot. Too. Um, <laughs> There is so much happening. And even just for us, this was cool. Um, I, or we got invited, AKA me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get you on that list too. But, um, we were invited on the, uh, AEW media call with, uh, with Cody Rhodes the other day. So, uh, I was on that. Um, there are so many people on there, so I wasn't able to, to get a question in, but, um, I did, take some notes of some of the significant things that were said or the most significant things that were said. So that will be our news section today. It's going to be larger than normal. Um, strap yourselves in everyone. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, strap yourselves in. Cause that is just the first section of this show. Then there's the AEW women's eliminator tournament that we have to basically talk about like two and a half rounds mm-hmm. of, yeah. Of matches and then an episode, which is probably one of the best episodes AEW's ever done. Mm-hmm. Definitely their best go home. Yeah, show. for sure. Mm. Well, it's funny. It's uh, it's their best rate up there with last year's go home to Revolution. It's something about Revolution for them. Is uh, yeah, they want um all out to be their main show. But it, if, if Revolution is as good as it is last year, Revolution might be like their top top show. Well, they like they like having a big uh, the big four, yeah. Which means like they're all supposed to be equal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but anyways, um, let's get right into this. I don't have a whole lot of time to waste, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm just going to say briefly what the little briefly what the question was about, and then give you sort of the Cole's notes of what Cody said. And this these aren't his. Uh, words verbatim this is paraphrased so don't hold me to anything <laughs> please <Yeah. laughs> okay so on death matches cody said death matches have an identity between fmw terry funk matt tremont now in in this current world mm-hmm. um he says they there's a specific look and identity that each era has that you can think back to and he says knowing kenny and moxley being who they are, this match is going to be very specific to them. Yeah. We're going to think of the Kenny and Moxley exploding barbed wire death match, and it's not going to be similar to anything else. And they know they're going to want to set themselves apart, and he's really excited about that. And he says it's going to be extremely violent. He said he's only seen a little bit of the uh, of the barbed wire wrapping that they that they've been doing. Yeah, and he said viewer discretion advised. Oh, for sure. God, he said this won't this be match. for the faint of heart. Yeah. Um, I've heard a rumor that there might be ropes involved. Still, I hope there's not. I hope it's just well, the barbed wire. When we get to dynamite later, they were like during the hype package, they were showing like some construction in it. It looked like it was like two by fours. Like a two by four structure with barbed wire around it, so I'm thinking that's what the ropes might look like. Okay, so the, there you go. So you can talk more to the more to that than I can because mm-hmm. I, I kind of missed that part. Yeah, it, was, it looked like 
like a like a fencing, like a two by four fencing, and then barbed wire was set up like the ropes to hold the barbed oh, wire in place. That's, that's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. But yeah, this is that's kind of dangerous because when there's no ropes there to stop you, if there's any give in the barbed wire, like Sabu got his arm almost yeah. cut right off. Yeah, he had to glue it shut during that match. That match was nuts. That yeah, was even too extreme. Could... I there's a story like after they got out, um, pretty much Paul Heyman's like, we're not doing that again. Cause like of how gory that match was. Oh yeah. Like his muscles were hanging mm-hmm. out of his arm. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. And that's cause the, the barbed wire had too much give. Mm-hmm. So if it's, if it's too loose, that's worse. You actually want it to be tight. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> then uh, on Paul White, um, Cody said that Paul White and Cody have a bond um, that they share together because of participating in WrestleMania together. So they all, they'll always have a, a special bond. Yeah. And he said that the – he said Paul White is very excited and motivated to work with AW, and he said that the negotiations were very short. Yeah. Well, he, said that, he said like he came on pretty much right away. Um he said the he said he's brought on mostly for his leadership with uh the younger stars to keep them grounded and he said that that'll be invaluable because think of all these guys they're stars now but we didn't know who they were a year ago yeah so and, and Paul White's this like is all very the perfect new to guy them. for that he's a he's a legit legend in the wrestling industry so mm-hmm. he's good mm-hmm. he'll be good uh, for everyone involved at AEW for that. Oh, absolutely, um, and uh, obviously also the uh, the commentating mm-hmm. will yeah. be will be huge. Yeah, he's really funny too. So I I actually he's... enjoyed his Netflix show that he had the Big Show show, mm-hmm. and he actually said that he thinks that uh, Paul White has. He says he has a handful of matches left in him. Mm-hmm. He said he said there's nothing official, but he said like he said one, two, three, four. He's like, I think he has about that many matches mm-hmm. left. So that's what we can expect from him ring wise. Yeah. They're not looking for him to be challenging for any titles. Yeah. It'll just be like special angles. And, yeah. I'd like to see him versus Archer. That'd be good. It would be good. Absolutely. Okay, so next was a uh somebody asked about Red Velvet and uh mentioned that she was Latina and what that I I had no idea that she was Latina or part Latina and part of that can be like for I don't know for example I don't know where she's from but like people from the Dominican Republic are Latino mm-hmm. but they're black yeah. so it's a uh, it can be confusing for some people mm-hmm. um so the person said what does uh what does it mean to have her in such a prominent role? And Cody just emphasized how important it is to have a diverse locker room. And he stressed how important it is to get away from, um, from the past where promotions would often fill one wrestler per demographic. Yeah. Um, and often that would just become their gimmick is like, this is the black man. Mm-hmm. This is the black woman. This is like chief Wahoo mm-hmm. or, yeah. Oh God, not chief Wahoo. You know who I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Wahoo McDaniels, Wahoo McDaniel, Chief yeah. Wahoo is the Cleveland Indians mascot <laughs> that they got rid of. See, that's exactly why you don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> because you get lumped in with other uh, with other stereotypical mascots. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody was asked about the pandemic and about uh, how this time last year 
there were many people within the company who thought that they were about to just skyrocket mm -hmm. in popularity. And Cody said, yes, 1,000%. They were heading to the moon. Their next, like, three or four shows were all sold out. I was going to say, they were selling out pretty regularly. They were just about to do Blood and Guts. They were just about to reveal Brody Lee in Rochester mm -hmm. in front of his home fans. He said, like, the sky was the limit for them. They were building. Like, their numbers were continually growing. And then the pandemic hit. Like, right then. Yeah. And it cut them off at the knees. And he said that the uh, the Georgia shows, the shows in, I think they call it Norfolk. Yeah. Um, which was at the which was at the Nightmare Factory. Um, he he said that that really saved the company because had they not been able to do those shows, I mean this this was speculation. I think Meltzer said this at one point, but he said had they not been able to do those shows, they could have lost their contract. Yeah, I remember that was the the big rumor that like what's AEW gonna do because they have to put on shows or TNT will cut their contract. I remember that was all over the news cycle last year. They essentially filmed. A full month of shows within 24 hours mm -hmm. with about 15% of their roster. Yeah. And subsequently, that pay-per-view build wasn't very good. Meanwhile, they the main event for that pay-per-view was actually amazing. That was Moxley versus Brody. Mm -hmm. It had a bad build because it came out of nowhere yeah. because they had to just like, uh, here you go, guys. Yeah. Just slap them together and there you go. But it was amazing. It saved the company. Um, yeah, but he also said, uh, he said, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We're getting, we're starting to get vaccines. Certain places are starting to open up, but then he, he tempered that a bit, which I liked. He said that they will not be the first wrestling company, uh, to start dipping their toes yeah. into opening up fully. That's what, um, Tony Khan said today on the AEW podcast. He's like, we don't want to be the first to try out this stuff so <laughs> yeah so that's good i like hearing mm -hmm. that um because they could 1000 percent. like florida's open they could yeah. do it and now. texas is open now and i think mississippi is open mm -hmm. so yeah i don't want to do it because you know that the as those as those states open up they more so many people within those states are going to get sick and those are going to be the people coming to your shows mm -hmm. as well yep so you just that's a whole can of worms. You don't wanna you don't wanna get into that. Yeah. Okay. Oh yes. Back to Red Velvet again. Um somebody uh asked about her about her contract and he said that uh yes, she is currently on the tier zero contract, like at that second. And he said uh he said He's like, I wish you could ask me this in 48 hours because he said, uh, like at the time he said this show tonight, this match tonight will mean a lot for, he's like, what he thinks is that it'll mean a lot for her going forward. He said, she's part of the AEW family mm -hmm. and what he believes will happen and what he wants to happen is that she will prove that she belongs there and, um, she'll be successful and she'll be with them long term so it's, and they released a shirt for her last night like i think it's it's a foregone conclusion yeah. i do i don't really know why they haven't done that because it's clear that she's committed but it seems like if it was up to cody it, yeah like it would be a done deal already 
yeah, well, when we get to it later, she she definitely proved how how good she was. Yeah. So yeah, she did. She's, <laughs> she's good. She's good. Okay, then there, then there was a funny moment where uh, somebody brought up uh, the, uh, Shaq made tweets saying that he, he was going to have the best celebrity match. He could have the best celebrity match in wrestling history. And then Pat McAfee, who wrestled on NXT, um, just replied to the tweet and just said, no. <laughs> and someone brought that up to to Cody and Cody kind of laughed and he said, he's like, this is kind of a bizarre comment the, that I'm reading here from him because Pat McAfee tries to get a job with us every other week <laughs> or every other day. And I was like, oh, damn, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> and apparent, and I read later, later that day, Pat McAfee responded saying, actually, that's not true. I'm actually thinking of retiring. Um, that, that's not true. It's not true. <laughs> so it kind of sounds like he he got caught and backpedaled a little yeah. bit, and then after the show, he sent out a tweet that said, um, "Huge props to Shaq." So I, <laughs> I think he he might have put his foot in his yeah. mouth there a little bit, which is which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, Cody doesn't pull punches. No, because he's he's brought up how UFC fighters they talk crap about wrestling. A lot of times when he's working at WWE, he's like these same guys were always trying to get jobs there. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. Then the the next thing, um, somebody mentioned obviously the uh, the NXT is moving, is going to be moving to Tuesdays in April, and and Cody said I expected this question. He said that he could put out a tweet and be sassy and say it's not a sprint and <laughs> and. Uh, d- put out something unnecessary like that, but he said, we don't want to be reactionary. He said, we don't know if in a couple months time, there'll, there'll be another show that's announced to go up against us on Wednesdays. We don't know if we're always going to be unopposed. Mm -hmm. He's like, and we also, we do have dark, which will be going against NXT. He said, it's just, he said, what we have to do is put our best foot forward, make the best show possible. And just, go that route and just assume that we're going to, we're not always going to be unopposed. <laughs> and I thought that was a good way of handling yeah, that. It's Cody from what was it? When he destroyed the triple H throne. He's, I, mean, I guess he's grown since then. <laughs> well, here's the thing. He, he does say a lot. And he said within this uh, meeting at, at some point, he said, he says little shots and little barbs on the shows are fun. Mm-hmm. He's like, we do that for fun to get chuckles out of each other. He said, we all know each other. We're all friends. Mm-hmm. He said it, or was this, uh, on Meltzer? I don't know, but he said it in the past where the locker rooms are friendly. He said, it's, it's more management that are a little, that tend to be a little prickly, but he's like, it's like the wrestlers all know each other and like each other. We're all having a good time. Yeah. With with these shots, it's all in good fun. Yeah, and that's um, how it should be too. He's like, but he's like behind the curtain. We're not saying. We, he's like, I, and he always says he's like, I love WWE. <laughs> he's like, I grew up with that being my life. Yeah. He's like, of course, like I'm not. I don't actually think it's bad. <laughs> he's like, it's but it's this is a competition. Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna trip your competition. It's fine. I have no problem with that. It's like sports athletes 
chirp each other all the time. That's, That's what trash talk is. Yeah, I always love a good trash talk. Okay, and then he was asked about NWA and future uh, collaborations, and he says he said that with Tony Khan, he believes, and you should expect that NWA and JPW Impact will have collaborations with AW, continuing down the road. He said, "You he said we should absolutely expect that, and he expects that. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Then on elevation." He said that uh, there will be a little more focus on younger individuals, some a little more background looks behind the scenes stuff, some interviews, and that'll be done by Tony. He'll be spearheading those segments, so it feels like it'll almost be like a little bit of behind the scenes of younger talent as they're learning to become wrestlers, which is I think is kind of awesome. Yeah, that's cool. It'll and it separate elevation from proper dark. So a perfect example of that would be like Anthony Agogo. Mm-hmm. Th- this is just me saying that, but that's the type of person who's working under them directly or like Lee Johnson, who's worked, who's trained with them for over a year, th- those type of talents. And um, it was Tony Khan on a podcast today mentioned that they keep signing a lot of these veterans, like some of these older guys that you're like, oh, why are they signing these guys? Because they're they're going to be using them a, a lot on elevation as well to go up against these young guys, okay, to help train them up and get them ready for TV. Mm-hmm. So that's what elevation's for. It's to help get these young guys ready for TV, which was sort of what they were doing with Dark. But then you had it as also you had these random indie guys that weren't signed. Mm-hmm. But this could also be young AW guys who are on these tier zero contracts yeah that just they're just not ready they're too green or maybe some of the the young women that they've signed yeah so i liked hearing that yeah i like the sound of all like the behind the scenes stuff like showing them training yeah i think that'd be cool that and i remember tony had originally talked about wanting to have that stuff when he was talking about the third hour Mm -hmm. like the the new show he when he talked about having a studio show and having behind-the-scenes stuff, this this is exactly what he's talking about. So it looks like he's kind of split those two shows yeah. in half. And Tony said that this isn't going to be the new show. Like, that that new show on TBS is still happening. Oh, this okay. is not that. So we're going to have four <laughs> days of TV. And I swear to God... I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. And like, I can't watch four days of wrestling, even if I love it. Yeah, I know. You gotta, but, you gotta take your breaks. The, you gotta, yeah. you gotta make your heart. Was it absence makes the heart grow fonder. So you gotta, you gotta have little breaks. Watching. Yeah. Watching all the women's tournament stuff and dark and, uh, AW dynamite. And then trying to watch the Moxley stuff in new Japan. Mm-hmm. I got so burnt out, I couldn't even attempt to watch Dark this week. Yeah. I was like, I'm so tired. Yeah, there was a like I, New Japan show last night, and I haven't even been able to watch it yet. Because it, yeah, it, it was Coda versus Desperado, and I really want to watch that match. But I haven't been able to because I'm tired from all the other wrestling this week. And the last question that I'm going to talk about, which this is good because this was going to be similar to the question I wanted to ask, which was, what are the plan for the Joshis? This is pretty much that exact same question, but specifically about Maki Ito. 
someone essentially asked, what's the, do you guys have plans for Maki Ito? Um, Cody had tweeted, hoping that she won the tournament, I guess, before it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that we should, he said his hope is that we will see her in AW in the future. Once things start to open up, that is his plan, is that he wants to bring her over. He said that the hardest thing to do in wrestling is to connect with the fans, and she has that in spades. Mm -hmm. And he loves that about her. And from what I've seen, that's the case with a lot of the Joshis. Yeah. The fans really gravitate to them. Yeah, because... Especially, like, Yuka. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like... And Sheeta, they love her. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good at drawing the crowd in. Mm-hmm. Especially, they do it without word. I mean, you always do it without words, but they don't have promo, so they have to rely mm-hmm. on uh, on connecting within the matches with their character. And that's everything. That was the media call. There was a lot in there. There's some stuff I didn't talk about, but that those were the main points. Um, do you have a Do you have any questions about? Uh, that the maybe I can answer. Was it like a a video call? Like, could you see Cody? No, I that. couldn't see Cody. It, it was a conference call, essentially. Oh, okay. That's all I really had. I didn't um, know if it was like everyone was like in a little yeah. square. Or yeah, you just uh, submit your little question, and then they they call on you. Hmm. Okay, so now we're going to jump right into the women's eliminator tournament we won't talk about the six woman match because uh this is yeah we just don't have time yeah but there, there was a really good six it, it was it was shida mesaruga rin katakura versus veni emi sakura and maki ito i will just say it was like the joshi equivalent to a pwg match mm-hmm. it yeah. was a lot of fun um i couldn't wipe the smile off my face they went 20 minutes, which mm-hmm. was awesome, and I highly recommend watching it. It's for free. It's on YouTube. Go watch this match. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good one. Yeah, they had to put it up because something happened with the Bleacher Report app, right? Like, it wasn't working. Because I remember Tony tweeting about it, how he he was upset with uh, it or something. Oh, no, that was that was the Sunday show. The Sunday show, okay. Yeah, this is, this is the one that happened on, was it Monday? Mm-hmm. You see, here's the thing. It's a, it was all crazy. Yeah. I think this was Monday. These were these were the matches that happened on Monday. Okay. So this was the uh, the Japanese final, mm-hmm. and I believe a couple of the yeah, and then the Riho and Riho and Thunder Rosa was on on Sunday, mm-hmm. I believe. Anyways, let's get into this. So that so we have Yuka Sakazaki. Sakazaki versus Ryo Musanami. This was the Japanese finals. This was really good. This was yeah, just a really cool styles clash between. Uh, again, I hate to kind of diminish Ryo Musanami. It sounds a little it's not diminished, but it's on, it's a little reductive. But I say she's the female Ishii mm-hmm. because when people ask what's her style, it's like it's Ishii. Yeah, <laughs> that's a perfect uh, description of how she wrestles. Yeah, it's uh, and it, Yuka it has the hybrid of grappling and aerials. Um, this one started out slow with uh, with s- like strength based chain wrestling, 
mm-hmm. but which uh, obviously would favor Rio because she is the much stronger competitor and nothing Yuka was attempting was working. All her offense was failing because of the much bigger opponent. And Yuka did eventually find success when she changed up her tactics and tried to gas out Rio with a bunch of pinning combinations, which uh, she kicked out three in a row and then had to roll to the outside because she was because she was tired at that point. And but it wouldn't be long before Rio would return to grounding the smaller opponent with brute force. Um, I thought this was a good start to the match because Yuka is probably the best uh, sympathetic, sympathetic baby face in the women's division. Yeah. We, we haven't gotten to see a lot of her, but she's, she's like a chibi character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, <laughs> that, uh, that's, what's her, the magical girl? Like she dresses like a genie and stuff. Like, yeah, she's dressed like she's dressed like a children's cartoon yeah. anime character. Yep. I can see her like a, <laughs> Like an early two thousands Japanese RPG, like <laughs> when, even right down to her to her voice, she makes <laughs> it like really high pitched. Um, she she at the beginning of this match, she went for the handshake, and Rio crushed her hand, and she she pretended she was crying, yeah. like ah, yeah, like it's, it's it's very much a cartoon mm-hmm. with her, and it's she's so endearing. So that when she's getting hurt, you're like. No, please stop. Yeah, please stop her. Like, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the the middle portion of this match, um, you could start using her quickness to stick and move um, to try and get the offensive edge. She kept Rio off balance with some nice running strikes and a Hurricane Rana before locking in a really beautiful variation of, of the calf crusher. It was a little bit different. You can always tell when... Uh, when people were when the announcers haven't seen the moves firstly because they'll, they'll tell you but even excalibur is just like this is like some kind of calf crusher yeah. <laughs> if excalibur stumped then and, you know it's a, a new move and tass is just like what is that excalibur what is that x i don't know what that <laughs> yeah. is <laughs> um rio then almost uh gets choked out with a with a triangle choke before being able to power bomb herself out of the hold mm-hmm. and then towards the end of the match both women are exchanging heavy elbows and lariats yuka hits her magical girl splash but then goes for it one too many times and rio's able to roll out of the way at the last second and then she hits her with this ridiculous u- uranagi and then the once again they exchange a flurry of pinning combinations before rio is able to to put away Yuka with her hot, it's called the hot limit, but it's a fire thunder pile driver mm-hmm. or tombstone pile driver. I don't know what's the difference between the two. I think they just throw the word tombstone I in think there. How you hold the person? I think a tombstone, you know, they're like on your body. Yeah, it, it's super cool because mm-hmm. she throws her one leg up in the air. She's doing it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's almost like she guillotines the leg on top of them. Yeah. Which I thought that was so cool. I loved it. Um, 4.25 stars for me. I don't normally do that, but uh, yeah, the, that's kind of the that's like the average <laughs> I've found for this. Yeah, this tournament's been for this tournament. The work rate of this tournament has been really good from every mm-hmm. match, pretty much. So yeah, this was no no different. I love this match, really good. Oh yeah, absolutely not. This is this is crazy. I was yeah, so shocked when the outcome first came because I was convinced 
Yuka was coming back, but I think she, I think mm-hmm. she was on a, uh, Joshi show the next night. So I don't think she could have really gone anywhere. Yeah. I was, I was one of those guys. I find myself on, on, uh, on Twitter or on Reddit a lot. And I was looking at, it was like, Hmm, I wonder if she is booked for around the time of the pay-per-view and she is. Mm-hmm. She's booked uh, either the day before or the day after. So it's like, okay, I knew Yuka wasn't getting through. Yeah. Unless they did some fuckery with them, yeah. how they're filming it, but I didn't think it was going to happen. Or they were trying to pull a fast one on people and they knew that she wasn't appearing, but they had them yeah. put her in a multi-man match that they were going to pull her off of or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the sh- or she is a magical girl and she can teleport. You never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You never know. Okay, so then we had uh, Riho versus Thunder Rosa. Oh, man. And this this is another major styles clash. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Riho versus Thunder Rosa yet? Yep. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing because we also have uh, Nyla Rose. Yeah. And Rosa we have Rose. Rio Mizunami. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many names that are that are closely tied together so yeah another major styles class rosa bringing her her red hot shibata like intensity mm-hmm. and riho with the passive defensive kind of counter punching style that yeah. she has which is where she she like duck out of the way and then double stomp you mm-hmm. yeah she's okay. so fluid so the, yeah she's she's amazing she's yeah she's just i just describe her as a counter puncher yeah. that's how like, very defensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the beginning of this one was very even with uh, with a lot of uh, exchanging of arm drags and holds before Rose's power and, and vicious streak took over. She had a lot of pretty dirty shots in this match with, like, elbows and stuff to the back of the head and back of the knee and stuff. And the commentators were starting to, to call that out. Rosa hit uh, the... Three amigas with uh, with the final suplex. She draped Rio across the ropes with it, which was nice. Um, she then put Rio in a submission I've never seen before, where she almost had her in like a camel clutch, but over her shoulder. Yeah, that was nuts looking. Like I, I can't even describe it. It was weird. Um, it looked like she was going to snap Rio in half, um, and. I was wondering, like, how is Riho going to get out of this? And she didn't. She just, like, judo throwed her over her shoulder by her chin. Yeah. <laughs> and I swear to God, with against a heavier opponent, like anyone heavier than Riho, who is 98 pounds, mm-hmm. um, she would have broken her neck. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can do that safely. Like, Riho is essentially the size of a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't been 98 pounds since I was in, like, grade six. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> um, yeah, so as the match is uh, is wearing on, Riho is still able to, is only able to eke out a little offense. This is very much the the plucky underdog, just, like, trying to get any little bit of offense in, and Rosa just shutting it right down Mm -hmm. she'd get like two shots in and rosa would just then abuse her for the rest of the match so similar to yuka very sympathetic um rosa was definitely playing the heel in this one yeah um she got a couple moves in but rosa's intensity and willingness to play dirty 
um, kept shutting down the fan favorite. Once again, Rosa locks in a, a unique submission, putting Riho in a full Nelson Crab that sees Rio fold in a half again for the second time. Um, and once again, Riho does not escape, but is thrown like face first onto the canvas <laughs> by, uh, by Rosa. Just, just, just straight disrespect. She could have finished her if mm-hmm. she wanted to, but she decides, no, I, I'm, I'm done with this. And as we sprint to the finish, Riho has one last burst of offense hitting her northern light suplex, her double foot stomp, giving a crossbody off the top rope for a near fall. The two exchange big moves, including Riho's dragon suplex and her tree of woe double stomps that she does where they... They like to like hold themselves up for mm-hmm. her to double stomp them in the chest. Yeah, moves like that um, though in wrestling, I just kind of always you gotta yeah, yeah suspend disbelief. Yeah, it's wrestling. Just, yeah, it's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I always then, see people uh, get mad at those moves, big... but I'm like, come on, man, they do it all the time. Just just go with it. I know, I know, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, they exchange big strikes before Riho rolls up Rosa, but only for Rosa to counter Rio with her. With a roll-up of her own for the one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I liked that because she beat Riho at her own game there. She didn't beat her with a power move with her own Dragon Thunder Driver. She has that same move mm-hmm. as uh, Mizunami, but a little bit different. Um, this is cool. Um, very good David and Goliath match. Yeah. I thought four and a half stars. Oh, yeah. This match was really good. Uh, another Indian that shocked me. I don't know why it shocked mm-hmm. me, but I just thought Rio, since she'd just come back, they were going to keep pushing her a little bit. But I'm, I was happy Rosa won, too, because I, I love both these ladies. So, Yeah, it was to the point where no matter what the finish was, we were going to be shocked. Mm-hmm. Or someone was going to be shocked. Yeah. Whether either Rio lost or Rosa lost. And even with Nyla Rose in her matches as well, mm-hmm. it's like, how, does any, how do any of these women lose? Yeah. Like, how do you have... Like, they could all, you can make arguments for any of these women. But that's how you know through. you got a good tournament when you're like, man, I could really see either one of these women winning and going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I thought it was, it was just a perfect David versus Goliath match. Mm-hmm. Like, we we pretty much just watch Riho get beaten down yeah. for a full match. And then she would get, like, the odd move in and then just get beaten down again for another stretch of 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the next match was another Thunder Rosa match. Yeah. This one was Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose, which is going to test my linguistics. Yeah. <laughs> As I talk about this one, this was the War of the Roses. Um, so Rosa, Rosa had to, or I guess Nyla, no, Ro- yes, <laughs> Thunder it's Rosa had to take advantage of sm- smaller opponents to this point in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first match where she was significantly smaller than her opponent, yeah, than Nyla. So that was that was the story heading into this one, and from the beginning of the match, you can tell that Thunder Rosa is taking a much more measured, methodical approach, mm-hmm. where she bull rushed her previous opponents. Um, she's electing to not charge ahead in this one because Nyla is a much more powerful opponent. She opts to be more evasive with her considerable s- speed advantage, kicking at the legs of Nyla Rose, trying to cut trying to cut her down. With Nyla's legs weakened, she attacks the leg and the knee with multiple submission attempts, 
conversely, Nyla Nyla's early offense targets her much smaller opponent's back. She elects to go for power moves and submissions that would weaken and later inhibit Thunder Rose's ability to lift Nyla Rose or even kick out of uh, various pinning attempts. As we get midway through the match, we Nyla may or Nyla may or may not have hit her head hard from a crossbody on the floor. We don't know. Mm-hmm. She plays it up as, as she did. The ref looks like he's going to stop the match. He tells Thunder Rosa to get back into the, into the ring. Um, this allows Nyla to catch a breather before um, getting back into the ring and continuing to punish Thunder Rosa with heavy attacks to the body at one point inhibiting Thunder Rosa's breathing. Um, Thunder Rosa, despite being worse for wear, mounts a comeback, hitting her with her patented clothesline, double knees, installing drop kick in the f- in the corner before hitting Nyla with her chop rope. Yeah, before hitting Nyla with her do- uh, sort of like pendulum drop kick yeah. for a near fall. Afterward, Thunder Rosa goes for a, for a big move. But her but her back gives out because of all the work that Nyla had done to it, and this allows Nyla to hit her with with her guillotine knee drop off when she has her draped along the ropes. Mm-hmm. That that gives her the near fall, and it's now that Nyla turns. Now it's Nyla's turn for her body to fail as her knee starts to give out, allowing Thunder Rosa to hit a big DVD for the near fall. Thunder Rosa climbs the top. Climbs the top rope, um, goes for the shotgun drop kick, but Nyla reverses it brilliantly into the beast bomb. She just catches her in midair, spins around, yeah. plants her for the one, two, three. That... Again, another four and a half star match. Yeah. And it's Nyla versus Ryo Mizunami in a truly surprising yeah. tournament final match. When, they, when this was first announced, I would not have picked these two. But that beast bomb uh, Nyla did at the end of the match was picture perfect that was such a nice beast bomb that she did it it was yeah it it was a spectacular finish Mm -hmm. she caught the shotgun drop kick and spun her around and planted her i was like holy shit that's amazing i don't know how anyone could be like oh no this isn't good yeah um lots lots of people wanted lots of people were upset that the person they wanted to win didn't win which is either Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was pretty clear. Like, they they wouldn't go to all the trouble to set up a Japanese bracket and then to fly someone over from Japan and have them not win mm-hmm. the tournament. That was just how I thought of it from the very beginning. And if they're going to have the Japanese person win you're not going to break people's hearts in the finals. Yep. You're going to break people's hearts earlier in the match because they're going to be all that more pissed off if you do it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just how I saw it. Yeah. I I was shocked by who made it all the way to the end, but I, I wasn't, like, mad about it or anything. Just not who I expected. Oh, no. Is the, I, the thing is that we all want surprising finishes, mm-hmm. and this is as surprising as it gets. That's true. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, including myself, that was spoiled. Um, but I did that to myself. I looked it up. Yeah, that's my fault. 
Um, I shouldn't have done that. But uh, yeah, so I knew that Nyla won and that she beat Rosa in the finals or in her uh, in the U.S. Finals. Yeah, I, it, this but, got spoiled before before I could watch it. I saw it on Twitter, but yeah. I still watched it and I still enjoyed the match a whole lot. Oh, well, yeah. That, it tells you how great this was that I got it spoiled two rounds earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I knew who won from the first round and I still thought it was great. So kudos to them. Mm-hmm. And now we have to get into this hell of a go, go home. home show. Yeah, this was excellent. I loved the whole show front to back. I thought this was one of their top uh, dynamites they've ever done, especially for go home shows. It, it was amazing. Um, what were your expectations going into this into this show? Into the show, I, you know, at first I was like. I was I didn't really have too many, and then I started looking at the card, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is a pretty stacked card they got going in. This is like a mini pay per view." And then I, 1, and then you had told me that Tony, or was it Tony? Somebody in AEW management had said that they're going to start treating the go home shows kind of like mini pay per views, and I was like, "Yeah, they are." Mm-hmm. And then so my expectations, uh, I try yeah, not to get was, too was high expectations, but because you're always let down if you do that. But they I, they started to go up, and they were met and exceeded during the show. Yeah, that was, that was in the meeting. Uh, someone had mentioned that, uh, it appears that, uh, Tony has been booking some very large max matches that you would expect to be in a pay-per-view, but he's putting them on the go home show. And Cody says that, yes, that is very purposeful from Tony Khan. Cause he's trying to get as many people to watch the go home show to drive towards the stories that are in the pay-per-view. And I think it's brilliant yeah, that's smart. because before AEW, anytime I ever watched a go home show, it was just like, well, this is boring. They're playing this safe so that they don't get hurt. Yeah, so no one gets hurt. <laughs> and that is not what AEW yeah. does. AEW goes for broke. Wasn't it Cody that did that backflip off a cage yep. in a go home show? Yep. <laughs> and he actually broke his foot doing so. So yeah, they they don't mm-hmm. they don't fuck around and and uh, and Kenny did the Kenny did the Iron Man pack with Matt with mm-hmm. Pac. That so, was that the that was before Revolution too, wasn't it? Yep, that was the that this is what I was talking about earlier, where it's the the go home to Revolution both years is the best go home of the year. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they can break out to do that with other pay-per-views and other go-homes. Yeah. Obviously, I don't think they're trying to specifically hammer in on on the February-slash-March show. But, um, yeah, it's cool. And I'm hoping the pay-per-view is a, it's a huge success because this will be one of the larger crowds they've been allowed to have in it. It seems like an absolutely stacked card. Yeah, But also, the... With vaccines starting to happen and the seasons starting to get warmer, there's, and I'm completely making this up. So this is just my own thoughts. I'm thinking that AW could, in theory, and especially they're at Jacksonville, they have the Jacksonville field, they could do an outdoor show. Mm-hmm. Space fans out throughout the stadium, do an outdoor show, get more fans in there. It's an outdoor arena, so they can put more fans in. I guess they are outdoor right now, but just for a change of scenery. Yeah. 
I think that would be really cool. Yeah, this show too, like they kept showing like highlights throughout the past year and like the feuds and stuff and like just seeing the crowds and stuff like, oh, I miss it so much. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, let's get right into this show. Um, so Shaq and Jade versus Cody and Velvet. What were your expectations for this match? Uh, you know, I tried to think of what they could be. I didn't really have any because I was like, I don't even know what Shaq's going to do. So I, I try to keep my expectations low. I was like, this this is going to be the Jade and Red Velvet Showcase, which it pretty much was. But I actually, this match was a lot of fun and a lot better than I ever thought it was going to be. And I want Shaq back. So. <laughs> yeah, honestly, for me, I was very worried about Shaq. I didn't think, especially from his, his interviews on the set of TNT specifically, mm-hmm. It didn't look like he was taking it seriously at all. His jokes about the black tornado, I joked about that mm-hmm. at length. Um, I was not looking forward to this celebrity matches in general. I can only count two on two in my history of watching um, wrestling <laughs> yeah. that I've enjoyed than that are any good. Um, this match was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a <laughs> like lot of a, fun. Like obviously the standards, the bar is a little lower than a regular match, but I thought it just it blew right through my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, almost immediately, as soon as the match started, I was like, "Oh, Shaq's here! Shaq's not here to fuck around." Yeah, even though like he looked he's like taking this seriously, he's gonna trying to do a pickup game of basketball. But I guess he is a basketball player, so that's what you want him to look like. Mm-hmm. And he's. He's in very good shape mm-hmm. for a man his age, especially at his size. Normally when guys his size age out, they start to get a lot heavier. That's not the case with him. Mm-hmm. And him being the CEO um, of Papa John's, you think he gets probably gets free pizzas all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this 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 match had a wonky build, but I was really only excited for it for Jade, and Jade impressed me enough. Shaq impressed me a lot mm-hmm. based off of how low my expectations were for for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this match starts out, it starts out much to my delight with Shaq just chopping the holy hell out of Cody. Yeah, that chop in the corner along, was awesome. All around the ring. Um, Cody thinks he has the brilliant idea to walk up with Shaq and uh, thinks that he can get Shaq in the corner and, and chop. he chops he chops uh, Shaq once. Shaq just kind of smirks at him. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Turns him around, hits him once. He didn't even follow through all the way. But the pop was so loud mm-hmm. when he hit him. Because he got those big hands, man. Whoosh. I just burst out laughing. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, if he had if he had hit, and that was the hardest he hit him. He had chopped him, like, three more times. But you could tell he was pulling his mm-hmm. punches a little bit with them. Because I think if he actually continued to hit him as hard as the first one or followed through, Cody would have gone into cardiac arrest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could tell he wasn't nearly following through, and the sound was so loud. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And, yeah, it, it, was, uh, it, was really, it was really great to see Big Diesel just do some old school big man work. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a a few tweets online that said like, 
ah, oh, it's great to see uh, El Gigante's finally learned how to work. Yeah. Or that uh, their great Kali is finally a good wrestler. Yeah. I saw people say that too. Like, well, Shaq's better than those guys and stuff like that. So. <laughs> like, it was very much like the old Big John Stud mm-hmm. stuff from uh, from the late 80s, early 90s. Um, it was just so much fun. Um, and I was wrong. Uh, Velvet didn't get to square up with Cody. They, I guess TNT doesn't want the intergender matches quite yet. So every time uh, one of the men were tagged in, mm-hmm. they would have to switch out. Yeah. Which was fine. Jade gets tagged in. Um, and she looked really good for her first match. Um, yeah. One thing that was kind of funny, whenever she had to do her kicks, she had to kick down a bit. Yeah, because we so saw in the, uh, in the package they did, she can do a pump kick to the face. Mm-hmm. But she was not pump kicking uh, Red Velvet to the face. She was trying to get her in the chest, but it was like she had to almost kick down because she's she's like six three and Red Velvet. They say she's five nine. She's definitely not five nine. No way, she's five nine. She's way shorter. Mm-hmm. I'm five nine. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way she's as tall as me. Not a chance. She looks like she's five four. Yeah. Whenever um, uh, Jade first came out, my wife was like, "Oh my god, look at her abs." I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> she's scary. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's not anatomically correct. No. She looks like... She looks like a drawing. Yeah, she looks like, like a, a comic book yeah, drawing. A comic book of the Amazons. The Amazons with Wonder Woman, like, ripped right out of the page. and She's coming to get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was impressed with her elbows. Her elbows were nice and clean. The one thing she did that was just a slightly bit off, and... If this is all I'm saying that was slightly off, it's good. Um, whenever Red Velvet was going to strike her, she would lean her chest mm-hmm. in to to absorb the blow, which I think is part of the training. You're supposed to do that, but I don't think it's supposed to be so pronounced. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> it looked a... Uh, I love Jade. I thought she was really good, but like you're saying, she just needs a little bit more seasoning. She... Oh, yeah. She, but she'll be great. Like mm-hmm. Her actual like grappling and wrestling moves were solid. Mm-hmm. Like, really good. Like, compare her, to example, to um, Britt Baker's first few matches in AEW. She was better yeah. than Britt Baker was yeah. in her, like, first five matches in AEW. Yeah. And this is her first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, she, was, she was really good. Um, yeah, so uh, at one point, Red Velvet goes for a crossbody on Jade. Jade catches her, but but rolls through, picks her up, and hits her with a really nice follow uh, slam. Yeah, followaway slam, and then does a kip up for some nice mm-hmm. style points. And they got, that popped uh, Jr. when she did the kip up. He's like, "Oh, and the kip up." <laughs> it it popped me that she was able to like a followaway slam doesn't seem like an easy move no. for your first ever for your first yeah. ever throw in a match. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a really big Bradley Beal where she tossed Red Velvet all the way across the ring. Um, meanwhile, Shaq is on the outside of the ring. I think Cody might have pulled him down off the apron. Yeah. But he's on the outside of the ring and he walks past Austin and Colton Gunn. And Austin Gunn makes the stupid decision to <laughs> yeah. hit Shaq with a, with a chair. And it was like he hit him with a feather duster. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Shaq uh, just turned around and grabbed him. Shaq turns around, grabs him by the shirt, pulls him over. Before he can get him over the the rail, he 
punches him in the, right between the shoulder blades. <laughs> yeah. Then he grabs Colton and gives him probably the hardest body slam that Colton's ever had in <laughs> his life. He probably wishes he wasn't there that night. <laughs> yeah. And then QT runs over. He tries to choke out QT <laughs> and... Then, then refs come up and break him. Refs are trying to break it up. Uh, Cody runs over there. He's like, oh, what are you doing? Stop. And and Jade's there. They're arguing. And then out of the corner of the screen comes Red Velvet off the top rope with a beautiful moonsault, mm-hmm. um, knocking everybody flying. Um, then the... Yeah, then in, midway through the match, we have Jade is taking over the match with her power. She's able to ground Red Velvet, gets her in a figure four, and as she's... After almost every move, she flexed, Mm -hmm. which I actually love. I've heard some people were like, oh, I don't like it when wrestlers do that. She's a heel, man. You don't look like her and not flex after everything. But she had her in the figure four, and she was waving to Arn Anderson and flexing. She's waving to Cody... And flexing, like mocking him because he was trying to reach out for the tag mm-hmm. and he couldn't reach her. Like it was, it was really, really good. And at one point, the the ladies are out on the floor and they kind of awkwardly, but it, it was fine. Get out a couple tables, set it up. They set them up. It's very ominous because they don't touch them afterwards for a while. Yeah. And the men get tagged in at this point, and Shaq cues up Cody for the Brody Lee special. Yeah. He hits Cody with the Brody Lee pose. He hits him with a picture perfect power bomb. Yeah. The one that Brody Lee hit Cody with that cost Cody the TNT title. Mm-hmm. And he folds him right in half and I shit you not, this is one of the prettier power bombs I've ever seen. Yeah, it was a really good power bomb. Yeah. And I don't know if power bombs are an easy move to learn, but I would imagine that you need to be really careful when you're slamming a man on the back of his neck. Yeah. <laughs> like that. And Cody sold it the exact same way he did with Brody, F- folded up the exact same way, rolled over on his side, and Shaq's over top of him gloating, but then he's able to poke Shaq in the eyes. <laughs> um, and. As they're going to the final stretch in this match, Jade and Velvet are exchanging shots in the center of the ring. Um, Jade hits uh, Arn Anderson's very own spine buster uh-huh. um, on on Red Velvet, and Cody comes in to break up the pin. And after that, I guess Shaq was on the apron, and he takes a swipe at Cody. Cody ducks it, pokes him in the eyes, and then... He hits Shaq with a crossbody, and both of them go flying through the air, through the tables, mm-hmm. for a flat back bump, table bump Yeah, <laughs> with no arms. Yeah. Because Shaq is holding Cody. He just goes flat back through the table onto the floor, and I could not believe yeah, no, it's, my eyes. Shaq weighs a lot, too, so that had to not feel yeah, good Yeah, this could break his ribs mm-hmm. on, like, a good day. There's no, there's no give here. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, like he's not slapping his arms down on the ground to to brace the fall, which is what you do when taking a bump. Mm-hmm. Like he just flat back that with no arms, like look, yeah, no hands. Cody. Yeah, 
You can see if you watch it slow, though, Cody holding the back of Shaq's head, like, I'll protect that party. (laughs) That's cool, yeah. And you can see uh, on the replay, you can see Cody checks with Shaq afterwards, and Shaq gives him the little tap Mm -hmm. on the back to tell him he's okay. And then they they go back to the ring, and Red Velvet hits her finisher. I don't know what the finisher is. It's sort of like... Some double underhook reverse face buster mm-hmm. for the win. It looked cool. Yeah. Um, she's already got a cool looking finish. She's hoisting. She hoists Red Velvet up so high in the air to do it. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's like it, it reminds like, me of um, what's she called? Beth Phoenix in WWE. It's kind of like hers. She called it the Glam Slam or something like that. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's Beth is so much higher than Beth. Phoenix. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> this is Jade's pretty tall. So. <laughs> this is coming down from the heavens. Mm-hmm. That's what she should um, call it. From the heavens, yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Or like a uh, lightning strikes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because she's got the storm motif. Um, yeah, so normally I would I would say this would be probably at like a three and a half star match. But because it's a celebrity match, and because I would assume you would grade celebrity matches on a different rubric, yeah, <laughs> um, I would say this is a four star due to the context. Oh yeah, I'd say you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, four stars alone for Shaq taking that bump. Oh yeah, it was crazy, and the power bomb. Yeah, I lost my mind mm-hmm. when Shaq planted Cody with that power bomb. And when he did the the Brody Lee, yeah, that got me. I was like, like, he just did the Brody Lee. That's awesome. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So you can, like, Shaq's a wrestling fan. Yeah, right there, Shaq's a wrestling fan. Yeah. I he hope knew exactly what he was doing this Sunday at like the uh, All Star Game of stuff. He's selling it, and he's just grumpy the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after this match, they they load Shaq into a into an ambulance. Um, Funny thing is, he's too big for the ambulance. Yeah, no. <laughs> they had to cut away because his they had to like bend his legs up <laughs> in it to try and get the doors closed. And then Tony goes back there to see him. He opens the ambulance. He's like, "Oh my God, Shaq's gone. Where's Shaq? We saw him get loaded in here. He's gone." And then it cuts. So we're like, "Okay, so obviously we're going to see Shaq again at some point. Yeah. He's going to reemerge. I imagine it's going to be a Paul White situation." Mm-hmm. We're probably going to see those two go toe to toe. Yeah, Shaq did have a logo. It was um, called like Diesel Dog Mafia. <laughs> I'm surprised so, he already like, doesn't have a shirt. But <laughs> here's the thing: it's like that sounds like a stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shaq might have a stable. That'd be hilarious and awesome. Uh, I like that there's already new memes for Shaq because after he fell through the table, they kept showing him laying there like he was dead. And like oh, they, the I sleep. Yeah, memes. they've added it to his <laughs> I sleep real shit meme. So it's. <laughs> Those are some of my favorite memes yeah, of all me time. Too. Yeah. So now now when you see it, it'll probably be him laying in the table rubble for I sleep and then him waking up for real shit. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was funny. Like TNT, like tweeted Shaq. They're just like, hey, Shaq, how did, how did, uh, how did Dynamite go? Yeah. They post like the image of him <laughs> lying in the. Ruffle yeah. of the table. I'm sure he's going to get made fun oh. of on inside the NBA and all that stuff coming up too. Oh, absolutely! It'll be great. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, I mean, I like to think that uh, the the ambulance was too small, so they they just ordered a bigger ambulance. Yeah. They had yeah. to just get a hearse. Now he get a hearse for, to load. Him he he does like what is it the Bengay or icy hot commercials? He just slapped a bunch of that on himself and he's good to go. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was... You could tell the whole time that all those guys were having the absolute time Mm -hmm. of their life. Yeah. Yeah, they were having a lot of fun, and it made me have a lot of fun, and yeah. There are videos from the crowd of, like, people higher up, and just... The reaction of the AW crowd, like around at ringside, mm-hmm. the all the people and the the wrestlers at ringside, their absolute jubilation when Shaq goes through that table. Yeah. Like I've never seen a pop like that. Yeah, I can't imagine if if there wasn't COVID and this was at a full arena, like that place would have gone nuts for that oh, spot. Yeah. Like I'd say this is this is the second best, probably behind McAfee and ahead of what's his name from the Arrow. Oh yeah, Stephen Amell. Yeah, Stephen Amell's was good. Mm-hmm. Both of them. He's had two. Yeah, he had one in WWE, and then I liked his one, one. with Christopher Daniels better. But yeah, they're good. I just thought this this was phenomenal. You, I like it because when the celebrity you could tell is an actual fan of wrestling. Mm-hmm. When they're not, I like it when they do something unexpected. Mm-hmm. Is my favorite thing. Like a lot of the time, they'll have them do like a a protected like crossbody, mm-hmm. where like five people catch them, yeah, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> no, this man took a flat <laughs> flat back through two tables table holding bumps. another man. Like, good, that's over five hundred pounds <laughs> through those tables, <laughs> and they exploded too when they they hit him. And his head almost hit the concrete. It was wild. That's what I'm saying. You can see Cody like towards the end cradling his head so he didn't mess up. Oh, he was checking on him. Yeah. He was checking on him to make sure he was okay. Mm-hmm. You could see him whispering to Shaq and then Shaq gives him the tap. Yeah, the, the love fine. tap. All right. So we got to get to the next match or we're going to be here forever. Yeah. Well, there's not All much right, to this so next match, but I almost even missed match, this match when it happened. Honestly, if you blew your nose, you missed yeah. this match, which I actually loved. Okay, so this match was added last minute. It was Ray Phoenix and Pack versus Skyler and D three. D three didn't even get into the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got. Um, they booted him off the apron. Yeah, so he and he got never kicked got off the apron up. super fast. Yeah, Ray Phoenix and Pack just murdered Skyler in less than a minute. It was just essentially their announcement that they're joining the uh, the tag team battle royal. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we'll probably win it. Maybe they got the well. We'll when we get to it later, we'll see. But I don't know how AEW does their uh, show math. Like WWE, you know, if if you have the upper hand going into the pay per view, you usually lose at the pay per view. I know AEW is different. I don't know if they hold up to that, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, you know what? You're probably right. I I should still go with my initial pick, and that is Santana Ortiz. That's That's who I think. When we talk about yeah. this press conference here in a second, it, I think it leads more to that. Yeah, I think I think I think they're probably going to end up with against Pack and Phoenix at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to last until the very end. Yeah, um, which an actual match they, between those two teams would be awesome. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I think this is essentially they had to get these guys on the show. Yeah, and this is how they did it. Yeah, because Pentagon's it, already going to be awesome. The ladder match. So, like this, the match here was essentially just say. Oh yeah, these two guys are a tag team because mm-hmm. yeah. they haven't really competed as one, mm-hmm. but they are part of the death triangle that the death triangle trio. So they're like, oh yeah, remember these guys? Yeah, they're in it now too, mm-hmm. which is good. It adds more star okay. power to that match. And so now, what you were talking about before is the next segment was MJF in the inner circle having a press conference, mm-hmm. and 
this was very similar to when they did the town hall yeah. where they have different press come out and ask them questions. Mm-hmm. And this was MJF and Jericho flanked by Santana Ortiz and Wardlow. Yeah. wonder where Hager was. And it was, at, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, the, it was different. Actually, it was actually different members of the press, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the first guy you couldn't hear cause his mic the microphone wasn't <laughs> yeah. working. You can hear people um, in the crowd going, I can't hear you. <laughs> and, uh, Jericho kind of he he saved it a bit. He's like he's like, oh, thank you to uh, Barstool Sports who are here to uh, ask this question. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially asking the first question was, what does the tag team championship mean to you? And Jericho says, it's been a full year since he lost his AW title, and it's time that he put another belt around his waist. And he said, people seem to forget that he's a seven-time tag champion mm-hmm. throughout his career. He's tagged with The Rock. He's tagged with, um, with Paul White, and but he said nobody comes close to MJF, and he thinks that they are absolutely going to be one of the great champions of AEW. Mm-hmm. Whatever the he said, The Rock. Question, I had to think. I was like, when did he tag with The Rock? But it was like during the invasion angle. Him and The Rock won the WCW tag titles during that. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I wasn't watching yeah, at that point. It was like, because they were feuding when... at the time they did that thing where two guys feuding win the tag titles. Oh, that was, I was, I was so upset at that point because mm-hmm. as you know, I was a WCW guy. Yeah. I went to high school and, and as a result, I couldn't watch mm-hmm. the show anymore because I was, it, I wasn't around when it was airing. And then I was in class one time and my friends was like, oh yeah, WWE bought WCW or WWF bought WCW. It was like, what? Yeah. Oh, fuck this shit. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> I was he, like, that's it. I'm not watching wrestling anymore. Brought up Paul White. And, and then, then I didn't yeah. until Kenny. Yeah. When he brought up Paul White, it made me think of how good their tag team was. Jarrah Show, as they were called in WWE. <laughs> they were a really good tag team. Their theme song was atrocious, but their their <laughs> tag team was really good. That's funny, Jarrah Show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so uh, the second one was uh, Conrad Thompson comes up. And this is really funny. <laughs> what? Um, he... He comes up and he uh, he asks, "What are the odds of you letting Sammy back into the inner yeah, circle?" It's been enough and time. And MJF MJF looks at him. He's just like, "Oh my god, who let Turkey, turkey tits, tits in here?" Yeah, that's what made me laugh. <laughs> and then uh, they essentially just insult him mm-hmm. and just uh, talk him down, tell him to get lost. Um, Jer, they call him a fathead. Mm-hmm. Um, Jericho says, I never want to hear Sammy's name again. He's dead to me. Get out of here, fathead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, poor, poor Conrad Thompson. Yeah. But he's he's so in with those guys. I was going to say, he yeah, knows, he like runs he every wrestler's podcast. So he he's probably, they're probably all oh, friends. Oh, yeah. And w- we forget that, uh, or I forgot. I shouldn't say we forget. Um, that before the pandemic, the Saturday, either the Saturday or the Friday before every, or the day before every pay per view, he held a big yeah. wrestling convention mm-hmm. um, in the venues mm-hmm. beforehand for all the fans. Like he made it like a, a wrestling weekend yeah. for everybody. That was Conrad Thompson that was holding yeah. those. It was his uh, Starcast. Starcast, yeah. Because I remember, and do you remember when they tried to bring the Undertaker on after he? First retired from the WWE and 
WWE said nope, and they signed him to like a forty year deal or something like that. <laughs> they were terrified. Yeah, of just the thought that he could even be in the same building mm-hmm. as AEW. Yeah, but yeah, Conrad he uh, he he runs a lot of those the wrestlers podcasts and stuff too. So he's legit, man. He's a he's a mogul mm-hmm. of wrestling podcasts and everything. Mm-hmm. He's also married to one of Ric Flair's daughters. Interesting. Which is an interesting tidbit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then the next was an a guy who actually was from Barstool, so I don't know if the first guy was. He yeah. comes up and he asks why they attacked Papa Buck last week. And MJF says that they were just defending themselves <laughs> after Papa, Papa Buck had had put had assaulted Jericho the week before. Mm-hmm. He says, actually, I got a lot of blood on my on my nice custom suit, so he actually owes me some money. Mm-hmm. And they and then they reveal that uh it actually he they say like it wasn't even our idea to attack him and they hand the mic to Santana and Santana says, ah, yeah, it was it was our idea. Yeah. He's like honestly he's like how dumb are you to invite your parents mm-hmm. to to a wrestling show when you know that the inner circle's lurking around? He's like, you know, we'll do anything. Yeah, right. And you, that's what, and that's like, what makes me think that they're gonna win the battle royale. Mm-hmm. But they, it's like you know we're lurking around. Of course yeah. we, of course we beat up your dad. That guy that was on came out to ask this question for Barstool Sports. He was just on NXT, like for one of their their pre show for their last takeover. I know. They must be so mad. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they cover they all hand... wrestling, so they don't really. They do, but they don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like that at all. Um, it's funny. Uh, AEW's kind of done that a couple times where they, they snag somebody after they uh, have been used on WWE. They did that with Snoop Dogg yeah. as well. Yeah, because they had that Snoop Dogg Undertaker merch, and then he showed up on. Uh... I'm pretty sure that merch is gone now. Yeah. Yeah, it was a limited time. That's what they say now, limited time, in quotation marks. <laughs> okay, so then we have, uh, and then the last and final uh, person was Eric Bischoff I like that again. they bring out Eric Bischoff always for these Q&A things. <laughs> they always do it, and it's always to needle Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. which is really funny. Yeah. Because he and Chris Jericho essentially have a feud. Yeah. They, it's well reported the that they... Yeah, it's well reported that they do not like each other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they prob- they're I'm probably sure they get okay along now, now. But yeah, back then they did not. But yeah, they uh, they play that up by having him show up. And the, the look on Chris Jericho's face mm-hmm. in every season is amazing. So Eric Bischoff shows up and uh, he asks them if they know the condition of Papa Buck. And uh, he asks Jericho, where on your list of stupid ideas is motivating the young Bucks to come at them with a vengeance and Jericho goes nuts. And then the young bucks music hits and they come out to the ring and they start cutting a promo on the inner circle. Matt cuts and they like say that the promo of his career and, here. This is, a yeah, really this is, promo. this is, this is an awesome promo mm-hmm. by Matt. And it starts off a little, cause they're kind of a little awkward with their promos. Mm-hmm. They're not great at it. <laughs> yeah, they're great at the wrestling. They they have work to do on the promos. Um, they uh, they say that they knew the inner circle would come after them. They knew they would come after their friends, but they never thought that the inner circle would stoop low enough to attack their father. Then they explain that their dad, and then Matt 
gets the mic and he explains that their dad taught them everything they know about faith, family, love. Um, he built their wrestling ring in the backyard after his long 10-hour days out doing construction. When he lost his job, he would still build their backyards. Um, he would allow their his friends to come over and do their backyard wrestling uh leagues in their backyard he said he did everything for them and he he instilled in them the idea to to dream big and to be do-it-yourself starters and that is what allowed them to create opportunities for themselves and that's what resulted in the young bucks and that's what resulted in aw and without aw mgf would be unemployed living in his parents basement waiting for Rosie O'Donnell to <laughs> yeah. ask him to come back on a show. My wife for was all like, back. What? I had to show her that he was the on the YouTube Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> and Jer and he says that Jericho, you would be at the you'd be out there jerking the curtain at the performance center. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty funny. Some people thought it was like, oh that's a shot at uh at NXT. I was like, I I don't think so. No, I think it's to more me of a that's shot a shot at, at, it's more at, shot at uh, how they treat Jericho. Yeah, it's a shot at Jericho being old and how they wouldn't have him on TV anymore mm -hmm. and he would be there opening the curtain for young talent, but they wouldn't let him on the show. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. And yeah. that's essentially what they were doing to him when he left. Mm -hmm. He was uh he was calling up Vince to to get on the uh, Saudi Arabia show and Vince wouldn't pick up his calls. Mm -hmm. And he canceled his match. Yeah. <laughs> like he hadn't worked with them in a, in in a year at that point. So. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. It's not a shot at, at WWE. It's a shot that they weren't using him. It's a shot mm -hmm. at Jericho, not the company. Yeah, that's how so I, took I thought it too. that was just that he yeah. he'd be nothing for sure. Okay, yeah. So they and then they said that and our dad he taught us one last thing, and that's to stand up for yourselves. And that means sometimes you got to kick some ass. And then they super rare, kick, super rare kick the heads off the young bucks. They super kicked the heads off of... Yeah, you're right. They cursed, which is funny. They kicked the heads off of MJF and and Chris Jericho. Jericho and then the all, all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. A brawl breaks out. Um, Brandon Cutler runs down to help. The the refs and the, the, the agents come running out to help. Allos and Ganderson... Allos and Ganderson. <laughs> Gallows and Anderson run out and they bring a table with them and they... They grab Santana and Ortiz. They set them up on the tables, and Matt and Nick hit simultaneous senton and diving elbows off the stage and the entranceway, respectively, through the tables, obliterate Santana and Ortiz. And Jericho looks despondent. MGF looks like he's faking being upset. Mm -hmm. um, really cool. Like, the... The intentionally got really ratcheted up for this match. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this. I don't. I have no idea who's going to win. This is the thing about AEW. Their week, their weekly television can sometimes be predictable in the sense that you know where the stories are going, like you know the matches that they're trying to set up mm -hmm. generally uh, within the storylines. But the pay per views, it's anybody's fucking game. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea who's. Yeah, going after to the this. way this ended, this whole segment, I was like, "Man, I don't know who's going to win anymore." Because I thought the Young Bucks were going to. Because before tonight, I for sure the Young Bucks are winning. But then after, I was like, "Man, I don't know." 
Like, they could be setting this up to run back Santana Ortiz versus MJF and Jericho. Mm -hmm. Or, no, they didn't do that. It was a... That was versus the Bucks. So they could do uh, Santana Ortiz versus MJF and Jericho. That would be amazing. They could run it back against the Bucks and have them beat the Bucks then. I hope that all of this ends up with Santana and Ortiz winning. And some sort of fracture within the inner circle. If you're wondering what that noise was, that was brad losing his internet due to a thunderstorm so from this point on we're recording this the next day <laughs> we had to uh we had to postpone the uh second how i don't know if this is going to be the second half of the episode or what but from uh from this point on we're recording this in the future yeah and uh, so, yeah, so living it, in oklahoma it's crazy weather all the time so if you are, if the sound is a little different, um, that's why. Yep. My dog may sniff the microphone. He's in here with me now, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to hop right into uh, the next segment. And that was FTR and Tully versus Jurassic Express. Um, Brad, what were your expectations for this guy? Um, you know, I was, I didn't have too many high expectations because Tully is older. I knew it'd be fun. I didn't know it'd be as much fun as I had watching this, mm-hmm. especially the ending. But yeah, that like, I, I expected Tully could still work as in like drawing in the crowd and stuff. Cause you know, those old school mm-hmm. guys can mm-hmm. do that pretty well. But yeah, this is this uh, another match that exceeded my expectations by a lot, by how good it was, and uh, totally uh, even got me jumping out of my seat at one point during this match. Yes, he had he had one very good spot, and we will get to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so I guess the uh, the story heading into this one was um, FTR has been gunning for Jurassic Express ever since they joined the company. And however, every time they, every time they face them, they've the only time they've beat uh, Jurassic Express, they they were un, they've been underhanded with their uh, with their tactics with having Tully cheat, and then so um, they there was a one on one match between Dax and Jungle Boy where Cash and Tully were handcuffed at ringside, and Dax ended up losing as a result. Um, this is. I don't know that this is the blow-off match, but um, I think it's just sort of continuing this blood feud. Yeah, um, I think with the way the match ended, it, it's definitely going to continue. Mm-hmm. I would I would think it's then going to end with a, just a straight-up 2-1-2 yeah. match, and I think it'll be amazing. Because they're really, they're really turning this into the... Uh, um, into the Brain Busters versus the Midnight Express... Or, however, or yeah. uh, the who am I? Who am I? Th- Rock and Roll Express. Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, but there's not really a old school tag team that can you can think of for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because Luchasaurus is so. Ju- <laughs> of Jungle the time. Jungle Boy. Yes, Jungle Boy is very much in that 
in that mm-hmm. mold though of the Ricky Morton. I, th- yes. I think personally, yeah, Luchasaurus, so. no, he he's definitely different. Yeah. But Jungle Boy is very much in that mold. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch maybe in um, Jerry Lawler's territory back in the day because he had crazy characters like Luchasaurus. Maybe, if, <laughs> yeah, <know> maybe. <laughs> I ha- I haven't watched too much of that old stuff. I haven't either. I've but, just seen uh, videos of people talk. like I know he had mm-hmm. like the Ninja Turtles there one time and stuff. And, Bunch of weird <laughs> they had them in uh, WWE too. Mm-hmm. They showed up one time. It's terrible. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the beginning of this match, this was really cool, and this was especially cool because we're not cool, but it was a nice tribute because um, Jim Crockett Jr. passed away um, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. On that Wednesday, I don't know if it was that night or that morning. I don't know how they managed to line this all up on that exact day. But so FDR comes out and they have JJ Dillon with them, who was the mm-hmm. longtime manager, of, manager. Yeah. of the Four Horsemen. Um, he even took place, or he, he even took part in some of their matches. He was a former wrestler, and he would he would wrestle in their. And a lot of their cage matches, a lot of their war games matches. And if you look back at any Four Horsemen footage, he's always there. Mm-hmm. And Tully was wearing his old robe. And around his waist was the NWA US Championship that he held with the NWA. And around FTR's waist was his old tag team belts from when mm-hmm. he was with the NWA. So this was just a flash right back to the seventies to yeah. the, to the old days of uh, NWA and Jim Crockett promotions. And it was, uh, it was really cool to see. And this is also coming right off the heels of NWA announcing that they're coming back and that they're running a pay-per-view later this month. And it had me thinking that uh, FDR may show up there. I could see that with, with yeah, Tully. I, th- I think they would suit stars. Suit it very well. I think they, mm-hmm. I think it would be really cool. Um, yeah, so this was an amazing start to the match already. And then Tully took off his robe, and he he, just, he looked like Polly Walnuts from from Sopranos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he looked like someone that you didn't want to mess with, but he, mm-hmm. he looked like a, he was in his... Uh, I heard someone call his Evil Knievel outfit. Yeah, he looked like a like an Elvis impersonator or something. Just his outfit. <laughs> yeah, it it was good. Anyways, mm-hmm. as as the match started, the the first third of the match, we see as as per usual, uh FDR trying to isolate Jungle Boy. Um and they kind of can't. Jungle Boy's out wrestling them. He got he got both Dax and Cash in in the snare trap on separate occasions, one on the floor, one in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um he had uh, he actually had Cash tapping out on the outside of the ring, um, and he's uh, he's taking it to them, and they're getting frustrated. And this is until JJ passes his world famous shoe to Dax in the ring, and he <laughs> and he clocks a uh, he clocks Jungle Boy with it. And if again, if you look back at the old footage, that shoe is hit many a people in the face. Mm-hmm. And knocked yeah. them out. It just looked like it was a loafer. So I don't know how it did that this time. <laughs> From like J.C. Penny or something. Yeah. 
And then uh, then it goes to commercial break. As we get back from commercial break, we see uh, that Luchasaurus has gotten the hot tag. He's running wild over FTR. This is a, this match starts to kind of break down at this point. Um, everybody's involved in the match. Tully's getting involved. There is a you know northern light suplex for a near fall that jungle or that Marco stunt breaks up with a with a splash off the top rope, and then it's just. Uh, Marco stunt and Tully in the ring, and Tully hits him with the sp- with the slingshot suplex, which mm-hmm. popped the hell out of me. Yeah, this is the spot so nice. you were talking about. Yeah, it was yeah, really it was such nice. a good suplex. Yeah, and then Tully looks up and he he did a really good job selling this. He just drops to his knees and rolls in. And you're like, Oh my God, is Tully okay? Did he hurt something off that suplex? Then you look, he's seen that it's just him and Luchasaurus in the ring now. And he's like, Oh God, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess his pride kicks in. He gets back up. He goes back into the ring and Luchasaurus actually goozles him. He grabs him by the neck. He, I guess, but then he thinks better of, it. he's like, I'm not going to choke slam a 67 year old man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to roundhouse kick him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes a, he takes the tail whip kick. And then as we're heading to the end of this match, Jungle Boy goes for a tope suicida. And he's clocked in the head by a mysterious masked man, which the announcers are saying is a cameraman. And then he looks like he escapes out from underneath the, the barricade. But then he comes back with a... With something else, he he, it's the same cameraman, and he he hits Luchasaurus in the head with a foreign object, mm-hmm. and this allows FTR and Tully to hit the spike pile driver on a dinosaur, yeah. and then <laughs> Tully gets to pin a dinosaur mm-hmm. in probably his first in, time ever in 2021, and he yeah. couldn't even get his leg up for, to mm-hmm. to hook the leg. Tully was gassed at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it look and they they all they all rush into the ring to to celebrate with with Tully at his with his win. They they jump on, or they don't jump on the mic, but it's a you see the the cameraman run in, and of course he takes off the mask, takes off the hat, and it is Sean Spears mm-hmm. with a new and blonde mohawk. With new, blo- I wish he would shave it, but at least the blonde. I think the blonde better. was better than what he had before. The blonde absolutely looks better than what he had before. Um, mm-hmm. And they're all celebrating together. They're sort of, they're celebrating as the four horsemen, as, essentially in the ring. And you can see out in the corner of the of the screen, a little movement by the tunnel. And then it pans up there and it's Arn Anderson. And he's pointing at the ring and pointing at everyone in there. And then he flashes the four the four horsemen mm-hmm. symbol and JJ Dillon flashes it back at him, just sort of an acknowledgement. And then Aaron goes back into the, down yeah. the tunnel. And I was thinking, Oh my God. Okay, here we go. This is, this is the start of the four horsemen that they were hinting at uh, way back in. Feels like, like years all, ago. All through, all through the summer. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, then well into the fall and they stopped for whatever reason. I assume that they stopped because they had, Something else came up, and they decided, okay, let's pump the brakes on this for a bit and then come back to it. Yeah. Because also, they were hinting at it, and the fans were, the fans, at least online, were getting wind of it. 
And then mm-hmm. I think they're just like, okay, let's pump the brakes until people forget yeah, that this that's is happening. Exactly what it was. Because mm-hmm. I think I have a feeling that someone else is going to be involved in this story. And that other person, they might have wanted to do something else first. Mm-hmm. Whether that was Cody, whether that's MJF, whether that's yeah. whoever, whoever it well, ends up being. Taking a break, I was looking on Twitter earlier, and Cody posted a picture with, of him and Tolly, saying, like, he doesn't agree with what they do, but it's cool to see Tolly in the ring earlier on Twitter today. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he, he could just be marking out because it's Tolly, but. He could just he could just be EVPing. Mm-hmm. Or he could be doing a little storytelling. With yeah. Cody, it's often a little storytelling. Mm-hmm. He doesn't normally uh, break that wall. Um, yeah, so that that was cool. Um, I hope that JJ sticks with them yeah. going forward because he's an interesting character, and he still has still has a little bit of the. He can still talk because mm-hmm. as they're getting ready. As they're leaving the, as they're leaving the ring area, they walk past uh, Tony Schiavone, who's there to interview his next person, and JJ walks past and he he leans into the mic and he says, uh, "Whatever you got next isn't going to top that." And yeah. Tony says, "Oh, they're not paying you any extra to say that. <laughs> We're not paying you extra." That made me laugh really hard. And you could tell these two are old friends from way back. And how I I need to how young was Tony when he first started working? Because it's like every single person they they bring out, they're just like, I remember when I was worked with Tony in eighteen fifty two. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Tony's not that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because whenever I see like old clips and t- he's there, I'm like, oh wow, I didn't realize he was working like. Back into the eighties, he's working. Looks like eighties, like early, like late seventies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost seems like it's wild. Yeah, I don't think he's like all the way back to the seventies, but like he's worked with everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's... And then, yeah. So this match for me was four stars. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, again, similar to Shaq to the Shaq match, everybody was just having a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, uh, totally did that where he looked like he's going to do a suicide dive, but then he, uh, stopped himself and did his little strut. That was funny. Oh man. And cash on the, on the apron doing the yeah. strut as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was pissing myself. It was yeah. funny. Cause I, at first I was really like, Oh, is he about to do it? And then he, I was like, oh, he's doing a strut. Thank God. It t- totally would have died. <laughs> you, can, yeah. you, you, you can't have that man doing a tope. Mm-hmm. But that's good. That's this is that's the FDR and the Tolly and the Brain Busters gimmick, which mm-hmm. I love seeing. Yeah. All right. So let's get to why Tony was up on the ramp. And that is because he called out Paul White to do Paul White's introduction. Mm-hmm. And... He says that uh, he... No more BS. Yeah. Paul White's wearing his no more BS shirt, which which is ugly, but very funny. Yeah. I, I like the sentiment. I would never wear it, wear it, but I like the idea behind it. 
Um, yeah, it was cool to see Paul White being interviewed by Tony for the first time in over 20 years yeah, since, since he left WCW to join WWE. Which was, what, 1999? Yeah. When uh, he first showed up in WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I remember the shocking moments of uh, of the giant was what he was called mm-hmm. when he was with WCW and like playing the mm-hmm. old WCW versus NWO video game on, mm-hmm. on Nintendo 64 that this is, bef- this is before their world tour game or no, this was world tour. This is before revenge WCW revenge. revenge. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was amazing. Those were, I have fond memories of old Paul white with the long hair. Yeah. And you remember when he was in the NWO and he'd come out smoking cigarettes and stuff? And yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, somebody he posted so a cool. picture of him smoking today. Like, that's just a big-ass Joey Janela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Paul starts by saying that he and he's known Tony since since he had long hair and a bright future, which mm-hmm. I thought was a brilliant line. Um, yeah. Both of them just look so truly happy to be together. Very similar to the Sting connection. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul talks briefly about how they'll be doing commentary on Elevation. and the But the big news, however, which everybody is talking about, and they've been talking about for about two, three straight days now, is that Paul White has the biggest scoop of all. And that's that AEW is going to be signing a Hall of Fame-worthy talent at Revolution. He's going to come out and sign a contract. Paul White knows who it is. Tony Khan knows who it is. Nobody else knows who this person is. (laughs) And it has not leaked. Nobody has said anything. Um, One thing that was... the, The interesting words here is he says... That it's somebody's Hall of Fame worthy. So probably not somebody who's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And he also, whether it was accidentally or accidentally on purpose, said said evolution instead of revolution. Yeah. Which could be a hint at Batista, because he kind of falls into that category. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't been officially um, uh, put in the Hall of Fame. He was going to go into it this Last past year. year. Yeah, but the uh, the what's it called? The pandemic kiboshed that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my who is your personal thought as to who this could be? I definitely have a thought of who it's going to be. I'm thinking. I know I told you earlier it could be Jim Johnston, the former composer at WWE. We do know it's going to be a wrestler. We do okay. know that. For that's sure I, that's why it wasn't. For sure, for him, because I mm-hmm. I don't even know if people know who he looks like. That'd be more like a announcement on like Twitter or something. But we mm-hmm. signed Jim Johnson to help us with our music. But I'm starting to lean more towards Christian. That is exactly who I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there, so Tony Khan on Busted Open Radio, he was on and he said that the person who they are signing, who's going to come out and sign a multi-year contract, is one of his favorite wrestlers of all time and everyone thinks that that's cm punk or they want to believe that that's cm punk and it could be cm punk i'm not holding my hopes up for that I, neither I, am i i don't think um, we'll see him wrestle again to be honest <laughs> no 
No, I don't think so either. Never say never. And he says that too. Never say never. He says if the money's right and the stories are right, like he could come back conceivably, but I doubt it. Um, but he said that the the person is a wrestler. It is a he. Um, and uh, Christian has... Christian had recently appeared for WWE and there were, there were rumors that he signed, but we haven't seen anything official. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been on TV since edge is now in a tag team with somebody else. Um, yeah, I think him and Daniel Bryan are teaming up. Yeah. So they could have, you would think that they would have used Christian there if they had Mm -hmm. him. And we've seen that Christian can work. He was in the Royal rumble. Mm -hmm. Um, so he could have gone in there and WWE said, we don't really have anything for you law or anything more regular for you at this time. And then maybe AEW came in there and scooped him up yeah, because he's really the only guy out there who could be, who should be going into the hall of fame. Who's not. Mm-hmm. And that's, long that for a long time that's been the thing everyone keeps talking about why isn't christian in the hall of fame christian is hall of fame worthy that's yeah. very much how people talk about him and he looks like he wants to wrestle so that would be my thing i i've never heard tony say that he's one of his favorites but he says that everybody from that era is his favorites mm-hmm. <laughs> is one of his favorites um some people are freaking out about it being Rob Van Dam. I don't think that's the case. I don't think so either. Because I know he doesn't get along with the Young Bucks. And mm-hmm. I know he's talked trash about AEW a lot online. Yeah, so. he called them all petite wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. Which he's not that big of a guy either. No, so he's small. He's, <laughs> he said that. but He he was high, man. I'll tell you mm-hmm. what. Um, and then while we're doing this podcast, what? <laughs> I just this came into my head just now. What if it's... Paul White, like he's like, oh yeah, I haven't signed yet. <laughs> like, no, there's, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> he has signed. He's signed already. Yeah, I know, but yeah, my it's, uh, dream for the total internet meltdowns would be John Cena or Brock Lesnar. Just, I want to see the internet just implode in on itself if it happened to be one of those two guys. It, it's never going to be, but it, I mean, again, again, never say never. Brock's Brock said he'll go wherever they pay him. So yeah, so if they wanted to give him a ton of money, go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll watch Brock as long as he's as long as he's bought in. I'll yeah, watch if, it. if if Brock's into it, there's no one else like him. So he's and especially he likes working with smaller guys, and AEW has a lot of smaller guys, so mm-hmm. he'd be good. Mm-hmm. Like him versus Kenny would be pretty incredible. Yeah, the one other thing that Paul White said that is of note is he said, it's not who you think. So that, to me, is where, okay, it's not CM Punk. Yep. And CM Punk tweeted out, to, it was yesterday or today, that he's going to do an AMA on Twitter. And he said, no, it's not me. That's like what he said in his tweet. Yeah, for me, it was like, <laughs> Edge said he wasn't coming back also, That's like true. a week before he came back. So mm-hmm. when somebody says, no, it's not me, uh, whatever, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I've learned to not never believe wrestlers whenever they, because there's a reason why people use Carney to them as a pejorative. Exactly. So. <laughs> and we also heard Batista say, or Batista was contacted that very night. And mm-hmm. he said, uh, and he was asked about 
could it possibly be you? Have you heard the news about somebody, about a legend coming to AW? And he said, honestly, there are a lot of... He said, we need to find another word for wrestlers that retire and don't, and then come back. Mm-hmm. We need a different word. <laughs> like, a, like a different safe word for, for wrestlers who are retiring and are going to stay retired. Because mm-hmm. he said, we just don't do that. So maybe there's something there because apparently he had been talking with uh, AEW before he did his final match with Triple H. So I mean, mm. you never know. He's like those are the two guys that I think could work is Batista and Christian. But Christian seems to have a little more in the tank. And yeah, maybe a and little. He liked bit... that tweet from the Jacksonville person today. So, oh yeah, there is. If you look, uh, you know what I don't. <laughs> I don't even want to do it. There's a mm-hmm. s- somebody liked or somebody recently followed Christian. I don't want to blow up that person's spot though. It's mm-hmm. not somebody that I know, but it's somebody who works for for AW. Yeah. Okay. So, moving on from that exciting news is we have oh, before we- I do that the uh the ladder match, the the final spot for the ladder match is a different person. Tony also confirmed that. Mm-hmm. And only he knows who that is. Yeah, and he said that'll be a fun surprise person. I have, there are two people who I think it could be, and we'll get to that later. But, okay. okay. So, Women's Eliminator Tournament Final. So this is the final match between the U.S. and the and the Japanese brackets. It is Rio Mizunami versus Nyla Rose. Brad, what were your expectations for this one? Uh, pretty much what the match was. A big uh, lady hoss fight. Two big ladies just beating the hell out of each other. And that's what it was. This was a lot of fun. Rio is, uh, she did her, uh, I didn't even, like the, the rope thing during this match. Like the come here with the rope mm-hmm. dance thing that I liked. And, well, yeah, Nyla Rose, she's had a hell of a tournament and so is Rio and this this final did not disappoint either I had a lot of fun watching it oh and if people are conf- confused um it is Rio not Riho uh-huh. so I oh, yeah. will I'll call her Anarchy in this yeah. just so that people don't get confused mm-hmm. because I, I wonder if she does continue with AW if they will change her name or mm-hmm. maybe start calling her Anarchy or something because could you imagine Rio they, versus Riho? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be oh. funny. Jr. would head would explode. He wouldn't know what to do. Uh, what's your name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So heading into this one, the story with these two ladies was that they've been both booked like absolute beasts. Mm-hmm. Both defeated multiple fan favorites, breaking hearts all along the way to the finals. Uh, Rio beat for she went with she beat Maki Ito, she beat Aja Kong, she beat Yuka Sakazaki. Like she was heartbreak, heartbreak. Well, not heartbreak with Aja, but still cool nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Like she beat the two fan favorites on the mm-hmm. way, and Nyla was was out there beating Britt Baker. She's out there beating uh, Thunder Rosa, like just shattering dreams all mm-hmm. along, and just making Twitter melt down. Mm-hmm. Because sure. they they were in they were frothing at the mouth at the thought of Nyla going to face uh, 
Sheeta for the third time. And guess what? This is the final. She isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going into this match from the outset, like you said, this is just a hoss fight. Yeah. Which should not surprise anybody. Um, uh, at some uh, surprise to some, Anarchy uh, was controlling the action early on with her strong style offense, mm-hmm. tons of charisma. However, it's actually that charisma and playing to the crowd that lets Nyla back into the match because mm-hmm. Anarchy loves to stop and do her poses and do her little gimmick dances and do the little rope pulls and then turns around and then just gets lariated by yeah. <laughs> Lariato by Nyla Rose, who controls the action as well for for a while. As we head into the commercial break with her signature power offense, midway through this match, as we come back, um, the tide has changed as we come back in from commercial, and it's Nyla is going for a senton, and Anarchy rolls out of the way. Um, they battle to the outside, and Anarchy trips up Nyla, Ro- Nyla Rose on the apron, and then Anarchy goes up top for her big guillotine leg drop on on the back of her neck, which is what she did to to beat Aja. to beat Aja Kong, and she does mm-hmm. the exact same thing. She rolls back into the ring and tells the ref to count, and the ref's counting. And as the ref gets to eight, and she sees Aja or she sees Nyla Rose rolling back into the ring, Anarchy goes up to the top rope and hits her with another guillotine mm-hmm. leg drop as she's getting into the ring, and I popped my pants flew right off yeah i was like holy shit this is the fucking coolest thing i've ever seen she planned that shit to a t and Mm -hmm. i loved it um and as we're going near the end they're these absolute units are just butting heads they're they're throwing everything at each other huge elbows huge lariats nyla get gets the advantage with a big dvd followed by her diving knee drop on the ropes, her <laughs> draping knee drop. And then Anarchy kicks out of the pin. There, she hits a huge exploder suplex on Nyla. Then a big then a big German and a spear, followed by a third guillotine leg drop for the win. I loved this match. Yeah, this match was <laughs> excellent. Yeah, every Ooh. match in this tournament is there hasn't been a single letdown in the finals were no different. So yeah, this one was easily the hardest hitting match. Mm-hmm. Th- this was just a slugfest in every sense of the word. The post match was also really fucking cool. Yeah, because Sheeta comes into the ring in her looking resplendent. Is that a word? I don't care. I'm saying. I it. think it is. Yeah, it in like her it. in her white yakuza suit, um, and she she's in high heels. She gives the the trophy to Anarchy. Anarchy takes it. They shake hands. Anarchy doesn't relinquish her hand and she just hits her with a stiff elbow to the face. And then they, and then Anarchy calls for, for her to hit her back in the neck and they just throw shots at each other until Anarchy goes down to one knee and she smiles up at, uh, at, at Sheeta and just nods to her. And I was like, this is, yeah, she like yells something in Japanese, but they're both smiling at each other. This is the coolest fucking thing. And, if you should check out on social media, they did one of their social media exclusives where it's uh, it's Anarchy talking about the about their match and talking about how ten years ago she met 
Sheeta and told her, you will never beat me. And they've had three matches and they've all gone to draws. And when she showed up at AEW, she saw her and said, do you remember 10 years ago? I, she's like, I have not forgotten. You will never beat me. And she said, I came to AEW and I've come back to AEW to take that belt from you. Oh, wow. And it's so fucking cool. I love this. Yeah. Like these, these Joshi wrestlers have deep history mm-hmm. way beyond what we've seen in AEW. Yeah. And they're not scared to like play it up or anything. It's cool. And it was cool. They did exactly what I've wanted them to do, which is it was a vignette with subtitles. She didn't, yeah. she didn't do it in English. Anaki Ryo Mizunami can speak very little English. Mm-hmm. So they just did subtitles. It's like, Thank you. This is so good. This is no different than what Moxley does. And yeah. I loved it. Check that, check out that promo. It's very good. And it, check that out. It makes me want them to sign her. Um, and where I think they can absolutely sign her. The reason why is she has no commitments. Yeah. Um, until she wrestled in AEW, she was about to retire and she's not even that old. Um, I have to double check what her age is, but she's like, she's been wrestling 16 years, but like, that's not, that's not nearly as much as some of the older guys in, in, uh, in AEW have wrestled much longer. So that's, uh, I think she's got, she's got more gas. When you see her do those leg drops, you're like, okay, this, (laughs) this woman has more gas in the tank than you think. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, her her slate's wide open, whereas the other Joshis have other commitments in Japan. Okay, so... I'm trying to look up to see how old she is, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, do that. She is 32. There you go. She's younger than me, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they the commentary played that up, too, that she was about to retire until mm-hmm. this tournament and stuff. So that was good that they brought that up. Yeah, they brought uh, Excalibur has been really good at bringing that up with each match. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I kind of thought I was just like, okay, they're kind of positioning her to go deep in this tournament and win, especially mm-hmm. with her not having um, any commitments. And that is exactly how it played out. And I couldn't be happier because I think she's just great. She's kind of like she's an underrated legend in yeah. uh, in Joshi wrestling. Okay, so this next segment was, again, really fucking cool. This was Sting and Ricky Starks cutting promos on each other. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, Tony calls out Sting. Sting tells the world that two weeks ago, when he came out here, he thought he was ready. And he got in the ring with Team Taz, and they showed him that, at that time, he was not ready. But uh, Cage picked him up and planted him with that powerbomb. And it shook off all the ring rust. Yeah, it it all fell off there. So then he came out the next the next week, and he was ready to go, and he had his fire back. And then uh, Ricky Starks comes out to the ring, and he he comes out to the ring, and he tells Sting, "I'm I'm here on my own, so don't look over don't look over your shoulder. There's no more Team Taz coming out here. This is just me." I just have to tell you that last week you earned my respect and that I looked in your eyes and you, and I saw you do have the fire. This is the sting 
from the 90s. He is back. I be- He's like, I truly believe that, but I'm still, I'm here to tell you that you're still no icon. And he mm-hmm. just paintbrushes Sting across the face. And, of course, this prompts Sting to just drop him with one right hand, just knocking him right out of his Gucci loafers. He's, <laughs> he's throwing him all around the ring with no, sh- with no shoes or socks, ripping his shirt off, hits him with a stinger splash, puts him in the Scorpion Deathlock, and I was marking out. Yeah, was this the first time he's done that in AEW? Yep. Yeah, this this is the thing that's cool. Each time he gets physical, he does another one of his signature moves, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I just get into more of a sweat now each yeah. time he's doing it. And then, of course, the Team Taz guys come out. For some reason, um, <laughs> Hobbs is just trying to hold the hand. Of yeah, that was weird. I don't know what happened there. It was I think maybe it was like he was trying to get his hand to the road. It's like, like, there's no rope breaks. Yeah, Hobbs. I think, I wonder if they were supposed to be closer <laughs> yeah. to the ropes and Hobbs was supposed to like try to pull them out or something. <laughs> it was funny. I was, I was like, what the fuck is Hobbs doing? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> they get in the ring. Um, uh, Hook grabs, uh, grabs Sting in a sleeper. Darby Allen's music hits. Darby comes running in. He's, he's fighting them all off. They, they chase off Team Taz. And it's the two face painted guys in the ring, ready to go to war. I'm so fucking ready for this match. They have really turned this around. Yeah, no, this was a, like a month or so ago. This is one of my least excited matches, and now it, I'm pretty pretty amped up for it. I was actively mad three mm-hmm. weeks ago, or like was it three weeks ago or four? I was I, I was so. mad. <laughs> yeah, that episode where Kinta showed up, we. Were, we kind of just wanted to skip over that whole thing. Yeah, I didn't even want to talk about it. I was pissed. I was like, you can't keep bringing out Sting and having them do nothing with them. Mm-hmm. It was like, this wasn't planned very well. And I don't know if it's been a happy accident, but not doing anything for so long and putting it in our heads that he can't do anything and then having him get physical these three weeks in a row mm-hmm. has just been so cathartic. Yeah. It's like the it's like the ring rust is getting like shaken off of us too. We're just like yeah. ah, and, stinger. Yeah, and one thing that Cody did say in the in that um, press briefing was that you you look at Sting's movements in the ring, like how he's throwing his punches and his chops. He's like he has that pop that he used to have, and you're looking at him and you're like. Wait, is he in his sixties? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like the same Sting that we remember, and it, it's crazy. It's it's really it's really cool, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to see it. I hope they don't overexpose him, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready for this, man. Like, uh, I would I would actually it be kind of cool if Sting and Darby didn't make it out of this match. And then Sting goes away for a while. I could see that. Especially think, with them being on top as the segment ended. Mm-hmm. I could see them losing. But I don't know if Sting would want to lose his first match back. But Hey, you, you never know because then he could come back later. Like That's uh, true. Like you think and, he's gone and then he just shows up one time. Mm-hmm. Like the lights go out. That would be cool. Like yeah. have him come it's, back unexpectedly. Sting doesn't seem like the type of like some veterans that are like, nope, no one can ever beat me and stuff. I mean, he took that power bomb. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. First bump he's taken in a while was from that. It was a big old bump. Okay, so next we have the last qualifier for the Face of the Revolution match, and this is Ten versus Max Caster with Scorpio Sky on commentary. And Scorpio Sky on commentary was heel, so that's Mm -hmm. new. That's interesting. Um, I don't know how successful he was with his heel commentary, but it was good. I, yeah, I, I kind of like, yeah, I like him um, changing the character up. Mm-hmm. It's a uh... okay. So, what were your expectations for this one? Um, I really didn't have any because yeah. I kind of forgot this match was happening. But <laughs> uh, it was it was fun. It was probably the weakest match on the show. Not to say it's it was a bad match by anything, but it just it didn't have really a lot of heat with me. But I thought who won the match wasn't gonna like i thought i had a different idea who was gonna win in my head than what actually happened mm-hmm. so that, that was a nice surprise but what about you yeah absolutely i heading into this match my expectations and i think everybody's expectations were that 10 was gonna win the match mm-hmm. we're like 10's gonna win the match he's gonna go into the ladder match um Max Caster is a tag team wrestler. He's going to go into the casino Elite tag team casino. battle royale. Yeah. Um, it's been revealed since then that Anthony Bowens has an, has a knee injury. So that this makes a little more sense now. Oh, okay. um, and the ending of the match makes a lot more sense. But we'll get to that. Let me break down this match first. Yeah. Okay, so it starts the match with Ten just dominating. Um, caster all over the ring with his power offense. It's easy to see why AEW sees so much in this guy. Um, mm-hmm. And did he have a new mask? His mask he, looked new to me with like the tin <laughs> on the eyes. That looked he, cool. He's had it for about two weeks now. Oh, okay. I guess I just noticed it for the first time tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he hasn't really been on Dynamite so much. That's true. He's, he's been on Dark a lot mm-hmm. lately. He's on Dark every week. Um, yeah. yeah, so he... You can you can tell what AEW sees in him, and you can tell that when he eventually takes off the mask, or when all of Inner Circle eventually takes off the mask, they're going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Like when that reveal happens, and they all they're all like, "We don't need to hide anymore." Yeah, and they take off. Oh my god, that's, that's going to cool. be awesome. Um, yeah, and he's just he's just slapping Caster all over the ring, which is. Really nice because Caster's so fucking punchable. Yeah, <laughs> he the... made a reference in his rap to Lady Gaga's dog walker. They get got shot. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am. Some people were upset about that. I'm always of the mind for for battle raps or diss raps that nothing is off limits. Mm-hmm. That's just how I've been raised with rap music. Is that Nothing is off limits. And I, and full disclosure, my day job, I'm a dog walker. So <laughs> and I, I, saw, I was like, oh, people are mad at this. Oh, well, he lived. He's okay. Yeah, I wasn't mad. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, I didn't think they'd go there. It was like, it was like a week ago that guy got shot. But yeah, it was a, it was a good line. Mm-hmm. It was a, uh, anyways. Yeah, I, I think my wife said it. like too soon or something like that. Whatever he said. I mean, I, I could see how that could be too soon, but I thought mm-hmm. it was good. It made me laugh. But. It made me laugh. It was that's what you want to do. In battle raps you want to shock. 
that's yeah, the point. Especially since he's a heel. Mm-hmm. You, you want to make it where he, he, he's already got a pretty punchable face, so now he's got the punchable attitude, too. Yeah, so then when, when uh, Ten smacks him in the face, it feels good. Mm-hmm. All right, so we, just before the commercial break, um, uh, Caster slams Ten into the post, allowing allowing him to wear down Ten in the commercial break until we come back. As we return, however, the momentum swings back heavily to Ten, who hits his spine buster, a slingshot spear through the ropes, and a power bomb on Caster. And it looks like uh, Ten's about to about to win the match. But Jack Evans appears from out of nowhere from underneath the ring. Yeah, he just like materialized out of nowhere. He hits uh he hits ten with the boom box, which is normally Bowen's spot. Um mm-hmm. down goes ten, Caster gets the win. Extremely unlikely win. Um after the match, they're walking up the walking up the, the ramp and Hardy emerges, hands a Hands an envelope of cash to to Jack Evans, and this makes perfect sense. Hardy has been yeah. saying that he's going to take out every member of the Dark Order, and we all forgot. Yeah, I did because <laughs> when like, Jack Evans first popped up, I was like, "What the hell is Jack Evans doing in this?" I was like, "Are they just transitioning Dark Order to a uh, hybrid two feud?" And then when they showed Matt Hardy, I was like, "Oh yeah, he said he's going to take out the Dark Order guys." It's like they were hiding this in plain sight. This mm-hmm. made perfect sense. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is perfect booking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is really well done. It gets uh, it gets, gets a little more heat for Hardy off of uh, off of Dark Order and puts Ca- puts Caster in the in the ladder match. And Caster is going to take some hellish bumps and it's going to feel oh, good. Yeah, yeah he's because... definitely going to be the, the bump machine in that match. Oh yeah, he's gonna come down the ring insulting people um <laughs> with a rap and then they're gonna beat the shit out of him. Oh man, Lance Archer's in that match too. He's gonna say something to Lance Archer and die. He's gonna murder him. <laughs> he might even he might Everybody even dies. uh he might even come out rapping but Lance Archer hasn't come out yet and, yeah, and Lance, Lance Archer, Archer comes out from behind like the Undertaker yeah. over his yeah. shoulder and just murders him. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. He's yeah. he's definitely in that match to take all the big the big Oh bumps. yeah. He's taken a choke slam off the top of that ladder for mm-hmm. sure. Probably through another ladder. Yeah, probably. All right. So this <laughs> match I'd say probably a three and a half star yeah, it was, match. It but was, four well, stars for the booking. I loved yeah. the booking. Yeah, whenever I, I said it was the weakest match on the show, it wasn't I didn't mean it was a bad match by any mm-hmm. means. It just compared to all the other matches on the show was wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this next segment we have a Miro promo, and this was short and sweet. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, really quick. It was a vignette with Miro saying that he gave Charles a chance to come back to him for all to be forgiven, but he never showed up. He never showed his face. So this Sunday, he's going to give people exactly what they want. He's going to stop playing games, and he's going to murder these fools. Mm-hmm. I was like, and okay, he yells something in Bulgarian and yells "game over." Yeah, apparently what he yelled, someone said, don't look up what he yelled. So I want a bunch of curse words, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, I want somebody to look up what Miro was yelling and tweet at workratepodcast.com, not .com, tweet out at the workratepodcast so that we can, not at at workratepodcast. 
Thank you. Um, it's a tongue twister. So that we can find out what he said. I don't know if it's Belarusian or Russian, but please mm-hmm. do. Um, yeah, so I am... This was simple and clean, and it was an indication that we might see a more destructive and less corny Miro going forward. That's what, that's what we need. But I do love that this whole feud has just come down to the... Miro just likes uh, Chuck and wants to be his friend, and Chuck doesn't want to be his friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... I think that match is going to be. I think that match is going to be good. Um, I'm yeah. hoping that Miro kills everybody in the match, including Kip. Yeah, I want too. Miro to just destroy all three of them. Well, because they at the wedding when Kip accidentally hit Miro, they stared at each other. So maybe something like that could happen again. And yeah, Miro maybe beats maybe everyone up and leaves. Kip costs him the match, and Miro just kills everybody. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Okay, so on to the on to the main event. The main event was Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn versus Hangman and John Silver. What were your expectations for this one? Uh, I, was this match originally announced as something different? It was. It was yeah, originally um, Matt Hardy, Private Party, and TH2. Yeah, versus, versus yeah, okay. Hangman, Silver, Reynolds, and I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a six man. Could have been a six man. I just remember there's supposed to be more people, but it's, TH2 I, is in it too. I don't. Even, I think Matt Hardy might not have been in the match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I didn't really have any because once I saw his changes, like oh, this is different than what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was different. Mm-hmm. It ended a lot different than I thought it was going to as well. When we get to that, but yeah, it was fun. It's I, I love watching John Silver work. So anytime I could see him work is great. See him do his wombo combos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which he was actually quite subdued in this match mm-hmm. with his wombo combos, and I think that was to highlight um, Hangman Page a bit more. Yeah, yeah. To, and I think because this came off right after they cost Tin the match too, so I think he's a little bit more mad. Mm-hmm. Than... I, yeah, because the story of this match was. That uh, the heels, uh, Quen and Hardy, were trying to isolate Silver. And if Silver comes off too strong, then that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the reason why he didn't look as strong in this match. Yeah. Um, okay, so getting into it, this ma- the, the match strategy here, as I just said, was to isolate Silver in the ring. And whenever he was in the ring, that's when Hardy wanted to be in the ring. And mm-hmm. whenever Hangman would get tagged in, Hardy would immediately flee yeah. out of the ring. So it was just cowardly Hardy um, immediately tagging out. Um, this gets to the point where um, where at one point Hangman is in and Hardy would uh, – he even drops down to the floor off the apron. He's like, I, I, don't, want any, I don't want any part of this. He, yeah. he actively prevents himself from getting tagged in by Quinn. Yeah. When he needs help. Puts Quinn back in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Quinn, Quinn got decked at one point and he's rolling over to Hardy and Hardy rolls him back into the ring. He's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want this. Um, and there's another funny part where I think it, I don't know who it was. It was probably Hardy. Um, is, uh, he, they're they're beating down on Silver and Silver manages to roll over and he ends up he grabs 
uh, oh yeah, Hangman, he's going for a buckshot lariat, but but he stops it just in time, and and Silver uh, catches him and wraps his arms around him, and mm-hmm. then realizes that that uh, Hangman has saved him, and that they're embracing, and he just leans into it, yeah. puts his head on his <laughs> chest, and, <laughs> and just uh, just squeezes in for the long hug, which was mm-hmm. which was really funny. Yeah, that was um, good. Yes, so at one point, uh, Silver's in the match with Hardy, but obviously Silver's no no slouch, so he's able to overpower Hardy, and and tag in Hangman, and Hardy, again, tags out immediately. Hangman outclasses Quen, who tosses, and he tosses him towards Hardy. That's where Hardy doesn't tag him back in, mm-hmm. and he rolls, uh, rolls Quen back into the match. In the end... Hangman hits Quen with a with a buckshot lariat for the win, and as as he gets the the three, he's staring at Hardy, who's still on the floor, mm-hmm. like uh, out on the floor for the one two three, staring holes in him. Um, Post match, Hardy runs back in the ring with with a microphone and just beats down both Hardy and Hangman, and he's just drilling a hole in Hangman's head with yeah, this. telling him he hates him and stuff. I hate you. Yeah, he's he's cutting a promo as he's hitting him with it. Mm-hmm. He was, he's saying, "This match was a setup. I never wanted to win this match. You went six and zero, so that it it increases my winnings for the Sunday's <laughs> pay per view match." Um, yeah. which I thought was really clever. Yeah, then, that's really good. And then he says that uh, Silver isn't making it to the Casino Battle Royale either. But then out comes. Out comes the inner circle. They attack Dark Hardy Order. and Quinn. You're right. Uh, Dark <laughs> Order. They attack uh, Hardy and Quinn. And then out come all the heels. Out come all the faces for the for the Battle Royale. We just have mm-hmm. a big Donnybrook in the middle of the ring. And then we hear the we hear the Death Triangle music. And out comes Pac and Phoenix, which essentially confirms them for the match as well this it, yeah. weekend. And it's just... It was again three and a half star match, four star booking. Yeah, because I was like, why is Matt Hardy not even attempting to win this match? Mm-hmm. And it's because he doesn't want to win this match. Yeah. He wants Quinn to take the loss, and he wants uh, he wants Hangman's money. And I thought that mm-hmm. was brilliant. It made perfect sense. Um, the booking of Matt Hardy's. How they booked, how they used Matt Hardy on this episode was brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was really smart and it really made for some very unpredictable TV, which is something that AEW sometimes is not because you can always see where their story's going. Mm -hmm. So their matches leading to the pay-per-views are often fairly predictable and then the pay-per-view is completely unpredictable and then they go back to the linear story that you can see coming a mile away which is good but it's like uh it's like you either have 50 50 booking or you have stories that make sense yeah and they they go for the stories that make sense but it ends up being that the results are a little more predictable yeah yeah and uh, yeah i could fully see too with the way he's paying people off that even if he loses this Sunday that this feud will keep going for a little bit longer. I think so too. But I mean yes, I think it will it'll turn into Hardy and 
or Hardy Party and TH2 versus Dark Order. Dark Order. Yeah, I see Dark Order being a lot more involved mm-hmm. after and Sunday too. I think uh, Hangman will. I think will join them at some point mm-hmm. officially. As and I'm still saying as their leader, and then he'll have them remove their masks and. Or that's how I would do. It. That's how I would fantasy book it. I have them join, and then they're all they all dress like cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> all in chaps. Yep. Okay, that's, that's my fantasy. So now let's talk about these matches. I have all these matches in front of us for Revolution. So actually, the the buy-in match is actually super it's, cool. I'm actually really excited for the buy-in match when they showed it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the buy-in. Usually, I. Missed the buy-ins or pre-shows and all that stuff, but I'll have to make mm-hmm. sure I check it out. Yeah, it's Thunder Rosa and Riho versus Dr. Britt Baker and Reba. And it was Tony Khan, or on the show, they they mentioned that uh, Reba is claiming to have an injury. So mm-hmm. if, if uh, and they're saying that she's trying to get a doctor's note to not compete in the match. And if that happens, then Dr. Britt Baker is going to choose her partner. So that's kind of a wrinkle that they're throwing in it. And Tony Khan confirmed that on his uh, AW on the podcast. It, what's is it unrivaled? No, that's the, that's the toys. Uh, uncensored. No, it's unword. I know that. Hold yeah. On. I've got to mix it up. I have it anyways. Up on my podcast app. On that, uh, on that podcast, uh, he said that, uh, Reba is actively trying to get a doctor's note to not compete in the match. And that, uh, but he said, uh, Britt Baker is signed on. So she's going to have to find a partner and is going to have to wrestle. So that seems to be a story. They are trying to tell. Unrestricted. Unrestricted. Thank you. So that'll be fun. That's like a cool little twist that they're throwing in there at the beginning. I like that. It keeps the, the three Britt Baker, uh, Riho and thunder, Together, because mm-hmm. I fully expect after this pay per view that they'll all, f- all three of them will be in the title picture more. Mm-hmm. And one person who will not be there um, because she just had uh, her knee scoped is yeah, Rita Deeb. Yeah, so she- I guess that because I remember during her tournament match we were like, I wonder if this was a legit injury or not. It turns out it was. Yeah, which is crazy that she was able to wrestle like that with. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess it's sort of like to look see if she has some bone spurs or. Something causing a little uh, discomfort. My friend actually just had his knee scoped, and he said it hurt, but he was fine the next day. Yeah, she said it was good news, so that's good. Mm -hmm. Looks like she won't be out for very long. Then the next match, we have Miro and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. And again, I want this to be a murder. I want Miro to get incredible heat by just murdering Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. What I want to happen is... Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy get a surprise win on Kip. Like, have this match go three minutes. Yeah. And then Miro just snaps and beats everyone up for, like, five more minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. 1,000%. That, that sounds perfect to me. Mm-hmm. I just need Miro to really hurt Orange Cassidy and have the fans fuming. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I too. want it to be brutal. Yeah, me too. I want him to be the big monster that he was when he first came into WWE, and then, but with his personality now, mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what baby faces he could feud with after that. But like him versus like Lance Archer or something would be awesome. Be amazing. Yeah, I just I how I would book him 
in for the next while, and this is the same as Cage, is I want them to just roll through everybody, mm-hmm. but not anybody in the main event, but like say like a Scorpio Sky, Pentagon, mm-hmm. even Phoenix, yeah. um, Matt Caster, rolls everybody in the ladder match essentially, maybe beat Cody. Um, Sunny Kiss, Joey Janela, just just murder everybody until he gets to Darby and then wins the title off of Darby. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That'd be cool. Um, and then I would like uh, Cage to be booked very similarly, but lose to Miro. Like I want Miro mm-hmm. to to be to be the guy with that title for a while because I think he's yeah. he's the better talker, and you want talkers with titles. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's move on to this ladder match. So we have Pentagon, Archer, Cody Rhodes, Max Caster, and, and a new heel turn Scorpio Sky, and a mystery person, which only Tony knows who this person is. Um, he says it's a fun person. The two people, well, actually, I'll say the three people who I think it could be. Are number one is this is who most people are thinking it is, and I tend to agree is Ethan Page. That's who I think. Um, formerly of Impact, um, he <laughs> just released a little vignette online a few days ago, so it makes sense that it's leading into Revolution. Um, talking about how he has a fresh start and. Another guy that people are talking about because his five-year ban is coming up this month. I don't know when this month, but he, oh. if, he, if he was in this match, I would lose my mind. And that's Speedball Bailey. That'd be awesome. Do you know what he was banned for? Because I, I just recently found out he was banned. <laughs> it's like, I believe cause... it was wrestling without a visa. Oh, okay. Because he's Canadian. Yeah, so, I knew that. And then I remember, I was like, man, I haven't seen that guy in a while. And then I saw that he was banned. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense why like, he hasn't. It was the same as... Uh, um, Uno and Grayson had the same mm-hmm. thing happen to them, I believe. Okay. They weren't they weren't allowed to wrestle in in the U.S. and they were coming over and doing like PWG shows and stuff like that. And Speedball was one of the very top guys on the Indies, and yeah. he's so good that five years later, people still want Speedball. Mm-hmm. And I had the pleasure of watching speedball in toronto last year i guess two years now um during <laughs> during summer slam weekend and he, he is in fucking credible like if there was ever a way to debut him in the company it would be here mm-hmm. and his fiance i think it is yes is veda scott is veda scott who mm-hmm. is very much associated with AEW, and i think yeah. That, Whatever happened to her doing commentary? She was really good when she would do it. I think she will come back. She's in Canada. Oh, that's true. They're in Canada that's true. right now. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, probably doesn't want to leave her husband up there. Yeah, but. they're they're living together. Um, mm-hmm. and or not th- her husband, whatever he is. I think the plan, if I were AEW, is would be to bring them back at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she would take them back. I think they would have her back, and I think. Like Speedball is one of he's like one of the last indie guys I want in AW, and then at that mm-hmm. point you can kind of lock it down for a while. But the last guy who could be in this is Mance Warner. 
um, is has been uh, rumored that the the AW has wanted him for a long time, but he was under okay. contract with MLW. I don't know when his contract ended with MLW. I haven't been I haven't been watching their their tapings, but I haven't heard his name. Um, he he would be very very good in a ladder match. He's a very violent wrestler. Mm-hmm. He, this would be a good way to debut him, and he wouldn't have to win. He's not a guy who would have to win the match. Yeah, I don't think any three of those any three of those guys would have to win the match. I think this is Archer's match to win. Yeah, I think Archer's winning, or Cody's winning, and he joins that uh, four horsemen stable. If Cody think, wins, that's what I think. Cody. Is, will be involved with the Four Horsemen stable, but I don't think he wins. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to put over whoever. Ah. Hmm. Here's the thing: is apparently the the TNT Championship match is happening next week. Yeah. So I don't know if you give this give this win to Archer because I don't think unless he's beating Darby. Um. I, I don't think uh, like you can't have him take a loss to Darby. Yeah, no, cannot. Not hit, uh, him versus Darby would be a really fun match, though. It would be incredible. I absolutely mm-hmm. want it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the type of match you definitely got to build to more than a week. One interesting, one interesting days. tidbit is Tony did say on the podcast that if Darby can't make the match. Can't show up the match and can't fulfill his obligation. Title, yeah. He's stripped of the title, of the title, which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And this is why I say I kind of want Darby and Sting to not make it out of their match this weekend, and then he can't make the match. He physically can't make it yeah. on uh, next Wednesday. And I think that would be amazing to then just maybe like hand the hand the title to Scorpio Sky or something like yeah. that would be really cool. Yeah, and, and you then, could do it with Archer. Archer gets it, and then a Team Taz feud with Archer would be really good. Mm-hmm. And then Darby comes back and challenges that person, and Darby loses. Mm-hmm. Would be, I think, just awesome. Okay, then we have Paul White makes a major announcement regarding AEW's next major signing. Christian! I do believe it is Christian. Would he be Christian, or would he be Christian Cage like he was in uh, Impact? I think it's probably just well. Actually, no. I think legally they might have to do it as Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. That's because, why. Yeah, that's why he was Christian Cage in Impact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, but the one thing I the there's two people I will be actively mad at if they are there, and that is RVD and Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, because I never want to see him wrestle again. He's just too broken down at this point. Yeah, he's gonna let, hurt the, let the man rest. <laughs> yeah, let him rest and like beyond. Like if he's not wrestling, I don't know what purpose he would serve. Mm-hmm. And RVD, he just kind of seems like a bit of a mean man. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. But like him it. and his girlfriend when she twerks, it's the, pretty funny. The twerking but, is funny. The twerking yeah. is very funny. <laughs> like when that, he's that gif and she's of him beating <laughs> down the guy on the rampway and she's twerking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. oh my lord, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Then we have Hikaru Shida versus Ryo Muzanami. That's gonna 
Mizunami is that's going to be amazing. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Um, I hope. I can't say I don't. I don't have a favorite who I want to win in this. Yeah, like, that's I, what I was just I thinking almost, too. Is like I don't know who I want to win. I would love Rio to win, and then she just has the title and she's got to stay. Mm-hmm. That would be dope. Um, yeah. And it would be super unexpected. That would be really unexpected. And people would melt down again. They would yeah. be mad that Rio won, and I'd be so excited because I like Rio. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think I think the internet's people are coming around on her though because I've been seeing a lot of positive about her. Mm-hmm. But also, I would just I think she's been a good champion. Just, they haven't been doing good with her, and now mm-hmm. it seems like they're starting to turn the women booking around. And I'd hate for her to lose the title right when they're starting to do that. Because mm-hmm. I think she, I think she's been a good champ, but they just haven't given her enough. Yeah, they got to give her one last big feud with mm-hmm. uh, with either Rosa or Britt, and she yeah. hasn't had that feud with Britt, so I think that she probably beats Rio and then has the feud with Britt going forward yeah. after that. But it, again, very unpredictable. I don't know how they do that. Mm-hmm. Then we have Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page. In the big money match, which is cool. It's funny. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have a good match. Um, There's probably going to be some shenanigans in this one. Oh, yeah. Lots of outside interference for sure. (laughs) Um, I think it's going to be a good time. They've really turned this uh, feud that I wasn't excited for their match into something I'm looking forward to. Like, I've enjoyed Mm -hmm. the past few weeks. The booking has been really good if the ring work has been limited due to obviously Matt and his legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of interference. Yeah, for sure. In this match. Oh, the next match we have Brian cage and Ricky Starks versus sting and Darby Allen. Ah, I can't believe I'm excited about this match. I know this is, <laughs> this is wild. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I don't know if, I've heard this one's in the can. I don't know if I'm if that's true. Um, it will be. I can see them doing like a hybrid, like they're in the arena and then some of it's taped. Yeah, similar to the uh, to the stadium stampede. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they'll do it outside the arena, like out in uh, like in the streets. Like, yeah, would be. I, I can cool. see that too because they they've really hyped up. It's a street fight. Like. Mm-hmm. You Not can't a... do a street fight in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Even though <laughs> I'd love to, to see more potato spots, but. Like, it needs to be dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Okay, then we have the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale. Let me see if I can zoom in on this so I can see who's who's all in this. And, uh, okay, so we have... We have... Pack and Phoenix. We have Silver and Reynolds. We have Uno and Grayson. Santana and Ortiz. That's my pick to win. Me too. Um, Butcher and Blade. Private Party. Uh, Top Flight. Bear Country. I believe there are more people in that. Varsity Blondes are also in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw right before we started uh, recording again. Um, SCU was announced. Gun Club's in Gen- it. Okay. Is it um, Billy or is it the two kids? It's the two kids. So Col- oh, Colton's okay. in the match. Good for Colton. That'll be mm-hmm. fun for him. Um, and there's probably a few. And I do think there's always a joker in these casino battle royale matches. 
I think we'll see a new Matt team. and Mike Seidel. Oh yeah, Matt and Mike. <laughs> Matt and Mike Seidel are in it. <laughs> the Seidels are the uh, Jokers again. Yeah, <laughs> they both slip off the top rope. Yeah, I was gonna say Matt wants to do it to redeem himself from the last one. Um, yeah, this is I. Th- so I am still predicting. I think we're gonna get three surprises, three mm-hmm. debuts in this pay per view. I think we are going to get another tag team in here as well. Um, possibly from another company. Uh, yeah, they maybe. could bring in Impact teams. Yeah, maybe. Are the Good Brothers in this match? They are not. Uh, hmm. You know what? I don't know. They could be the Jokers. I could see that. They're yeah. They could be the Joker. They would be a good Joker. They're not mm-hmm. on the match graphic, but that doesn't mean everything because, as we've said, there are a few teams who aren't on here. Um. Yeah, so I think this is going to be really cool. I'm really excited for this. Um, they're do, and it's cool that they're doing it in the casino style, which is like every two minutes another another team's going to come out, which I think will be really, which will be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then, oh my god, this card goes on and on. Yeah, there's there's three more matches on this card than there was at last year's Revolution. That's why I'm sad they're doing it on Sunday this year because. I have to work the next day, and I know, I know. this is going to go long. <laughs> Monday's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next match we have the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho and MGF. I'm in on this match now. I wasn't entirely wasn't entirely in on it before. Um, we could see some shenanigans. We have not seen these pairings yet, so I'm very excited for this. I've enjoyed Chris Jericho's uh, tag team matches. A mm-hmm. lot, and the Young Bucks just have the best tag team matches in the world. I'm sorry, yeah. they do, for sure. Yeah, I expect Sammy to come back during this match. There's gonna be lots mm-hmm. of drama in this match too. Oh, one thousand percent. You're right. Sammy is totally showing up. Papa Buck's gonna hit probably Jericho or MJF with something. A Bible. Yeah, is <laughs> one of his guitars. I don't know. He's gonna get Bible bumped. Mm-hmm. Yes, this will that that'll be a good one. And then the coup de gras is Kenny Omega versus oh, John yeah. Moxley in the exploding barbed wire death match. I'm very excited for this. I think mm-hmm. this is how Moxley goes out on his shield. Yeah. And then I, mean, I fully expect Moxley to show up in Japan after this. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that Moxley didn't get named to the New Japan Cup. Mm-hmm. Which has um, started. They've done four matches so far. So. I could see him potentially maybe attempting to qualify for the American New Japan Cup. Because they're doing that sort of mini one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could do that too. He could. He doesn't but want to leave because his wife is pregnant now. So he may not want to leave the States. I tend to think this is how he... Uh, how he goes away for a bit mm-hmm. to uh, to deal with the uh, with the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I think Kenny's going to kill John Moxley. Oh yeah, um, there's going to be shenanigans in this one too. I mean, it's a death match, so of course there's shenanigans. But if we don't see Good Brothers in that Casino Battle Royale match, we're seeing them in this match for sure. Um, yeah, maybe we see some some New Japan guys show up. Who's not in? Who's not in the in the New Japan Cup? <laughs> I hope we get Shooter. I hope Shooter comes out. Shooter, 
Oh my gosh, I need them back together. That's all I want in life. <laughs> it's Mox and Shooter back together. Alright, so I'm looking at our time right about... We're a little over two and a half hours, so I think mm -hmm. we can probably call this now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this revolution is looking fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. This is... This is the most excited I've been for a pay-per-view in a long time. Yeah. Uh, if anyone knows me, they know I love death matches. So yes. the main event the main event is right up my alley, and I cannot wait. I like, People are like, they're not going to go too violent. I hope they go crazy, and everyone's shocked, and I'm just on my couch laughing. It's like, like that gif where it pans by, everyone's scared, and some guy's smiling. It's like, that's my fetish. That's what yeah. I want. <laughs> I can't wait for Kenny Omega to do a... His uh, Terminator dive over the barbed wire. Oh yeah, you know it's gonna, the explosion's going to happen too when he does it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't. I cannot wait. Like, mm -hmm. mm. I, they'll they'll probably wear shirts too, because usually in these matches they wear shirts. So mm, yeah, you never know because they didn't for the for the for the lights out match. That's true, and they jumped in that like trampoline of barbed wire so i don't know <laughs> these two dudes are nuts so yeah kenny doesn't kenny doesn't normally wear a shirt mm -hmm. but uh yeah, yeah eh, maybe he'll come out in that in that uh jerusalem linen again oh i hope so that's what i want him to wrestle in i hope he wears <laughs> his boot i hope he wrestles in those his new boots too oh fuck apparently <laughs> uh they wanted onita to appear at this match, they wanted him in the crowd, but they couldn't get him to uh, come to, over to Jacksonville. I'm sure oh, he wanted be... to. That's why they got I him in the video. Would. Yeah, I I saw somebody on Twitter saying he's reffing the match, and then I got excited and I was trying to look it up. I was like, oh, this person trolled me. They probably wanted him to ref the match. That'd be so nice because th their plan was to have him there, mm -hmm. um, but he he couldn't make it. Yeah. Well, I got to see him on a video package, so that's cool. On, a, yeah. on an American wrestling show, which is something I never thought I'd see. All right. Well, it took us two days to get this uh, episode yeah. done. Which Hopefully, is... uh, the next video we record, uh, my uh, no storms come through. Well, yeah. You, you'll hear from us on Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I don't know. If we'll be recording it on Monday. It'll probably be out on Tuesday unless I decide to just throw it up because we're yeah. too hyped. But yeah, so uh, we'll we'll you'll hear from us again sooner than later. Yes. So everyone's Bye. got the big thing to look forward to this weekend, and we'll see you guys Monday. See you then.